This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another fantastic, densely packed to the brim next lander podcast i'm gonna tell you if this is your first next lander podcast you picked a doozy we've got some stuff to talk about so grab a chair or if you're driving remain in your seats or if you're walking just keep what you're doing i'm just gonna generally say keep what you're doing keep concentrate on what you're doing and get ready to listen to a lot of video games and a lot of video game news i'm joined by alex navarro yes you are i am here for the deluge of stuff Brad Shoemaker, once on location, now in a location. I'm I'm somewhere, for sure. I don't know. Let's try some echolocation, see if we can pinpoint where he's at. I'm not quite sure where or when, but I'm here. You, uh, boy, are your arms tired. Oh, my God. Uh, You you flew in or tried to fly in uh, on Monday. What happened? Arms are doing fine. Mm. Brain. Mm. Okay. I kind of I wanted to come in here and ask a question. Well, let, let me let me back up. I finally now, after twenty plus years of very frequent commercial air travel, uh-huh. ha- have a I spent the night in the airport story. 
Had you okay. not had one before? And so that's that was what I wanted to come here and say was like, because I've, I've wondered this for several years now. Like, does everybody have one of those? Like, have I just been exceptionally lucky all this time? I I don't think I've ever actually spent a night in an airport. I've definitely had a couple of times where it was like, oh, hey, there was a massive delay and you missed your connection. But usually when that happened, it was a go find a hotel or in some cases, if it was air, if it was airline error, I went they went and got me a hotel. Uh, I'm pretty sure I slept on like three of those seats together, uh, laid down and just stayed on those until the red eye or whatever, you know, the six in the morning flight. Right. Oh, uh, man. Out of there. Fucking fucking O'Hare gate seating is like the it's like the pigeon spikes of airports. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do they all have like, armrests? They all have these giant rigid metal armrests. between oh, each seat. Man. There is no lying down on those things. See, now that's no good. So were you on the floor? What'd you do? Oh, I didn't sleep. I just stayed up. Oof! I so, just I just remained awake. So what uh, was your time? What time did you get to the airport, and what time were you? Uh, let's let's say wheels up out of there. How long I were left, you in an airport? Uh, I'm sorry. Could you repeat the question? <laughs> what time? What, what, loopy, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. What sorry. time do you? Let's say the earliest you remember being in an airport. So like whenever you were like, oh my gosh, my flight is at whatever. I'm here an on, hour early on this trip. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I okay. I left for the airport at three thirty. Eastern time on Monday. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was, I was supposed to be home at 10 PM Pacific time the same okay. night. Okay. It was actually like a seven hour trip. It's like one of the fastest, like, you know, when they tell you, when you book like mm-hmm. total travel time, like seven hours is insanely fast. I actually had a 40 minute connection in the first place. I wasn't even sure I was going to make that connection, but then it didn't matter. Yeah. Because they shut the whole airport down, like in and out. <laughs> Like 20 minutes see, before we got there. Did you see any of the footage of the storm they shut the airport down for? So I was like frantically scrolling Twitter as we landed in Madison, Wisconsin, because, okay, we were on our way up there. The pilot kept chiming in going like, oh, there's some like thunderstorms they weren't predicting. We're gonna have to like zig and zag a little bit here. We're not gonna make a straight line. We might be a little late. And then we're getting closer. And then he comes on. And it's like, oh, well, we're in a holding pattern right now. There's some some unexpected weather. Anyway, yes, I was like, at one point while we were circling, he came on and said, well, they've evacuated the air traffic control towers, so I don't think we're going to be able to land for a little while. (laughs) And then perhaps the most chilling part was like, hey, by the way, like, they're not letting anybody land. Everybody's in the same boat. So you might see some more planes out the window if you look. I was like. I don't want to see other, I don't want other planes to be close enough to see them out the side of this plane. Dude, it was some straight up gozer shit. Like, so, yeah. yeah. Like, so, so they, so he was like, okay, we're going to keep circling and they're, we're going to either see if they are going to let us land because we're almost out of fuel. So if it's not soon, we're going to have to go somewhere else. Uh, and then they sent us to Milwaukee and then halfway to Milwaukee, they were like, well, Milwaukee's full. Now they're sending us to Madison. Uh, and then we got to Madison and sat on the runway for two hours without them letting, letting us off. Isn't that illegal uh, now? I thought there was no, some. Like, I don't think so. It's I don't not. think so. But there was a couple with an infant in front of me who was not happy. Hmm. The infant was not happy. Well, nobody yeah. was happy. But nobody's ever happy. And I was just like, what do you do? Like, your baby might need to be changed or something. Like, you're oh, stuck you, on this plane. Like, I mean, you definitely brought, if those people, uh, they had to have brought diapers. I've changed the baby oh, on a plane. Baby, baby like, changed it on a plane. Yeah, I guess that's okay. Sure. Uh, but like, no, you don't want to be in that situation. You don't want, nobody wants to be in that situation. And the younger you get, the less you want to be in that situation. Yeah. So, so that couple deplaned, actually. Like, right before okay. we left, uh, right before... They sent us back to Chicago a few hours later. They actually let that couple and the baby off. So I don't know if they were just like, okay, screw this. We're just going to stay here tonight and figure it out. Or oh, something wow. Like that. But uh, 
Anyway, yes, while we were sitting in Madison, I was scrolling Twitter and seeing a bunch of videos and photos of just like complete bedlam at O'Hare. So like where so where did you wind up sleeping? Like or where where did you where did you like where did you bunker up or hunker down, let's say? We like, finally got back to O'Hare like uh four hours after I was geez. supposed to be there. Okay. It was bedlam. Like it was just dude, there were literally, I would guess, about a thousand people in line in front of me oh. in at the um the, the United customer service trying to rebook stuff. Jeez Louise. So it was, and the guy in front of me was not wearing a mask and was coughing incessantly. And I was uh, like, fuck man. Oh, you just should have jumped in like, the Purell bath. I was, I was just like, I can't get out of this line cause I need a new <laughs> flight. But also yeah. this motherfucker, like the dude in front of him actually like talk some serious shit to him. He was like, he was like, step the fuck back, dude. step the fuck yeah. back. Was the person in front of him masked? Uh, like, like that's who was that's who was talking the shit. The guy yeah, from, yeah, the, yeah. the coffer, like back like, the fuck up, dude. Yeah, and that guy eventually got out of line. Oh man! So, so the thing, the dark secret right now that I feel like maybe not enough people are aware of is that air travel was already broken <laughs> during the pandemic. Like it stayed broken even after things eased up and restrictions eased up. Like air travel in the United States has not gotten back to anywhere near like normal procedure and you know like there's still delays constantly anytime there's like an even slightly thick travel mm -hmm. season and then you throw weather delays on top of right. all of that it is just chaos out well, there right now i would even can i add another spice into the pot sure, by all means how, how about the increased price of all the tickets people are paying because of you know where fuel is at Jet and fuel, so yep. now i can't see that affecting <laughs> so now so, people are extra angry because they're paying thousands of dollars for this flight that is now delayed or dude, canceled or so i i ended up getting this trip with miles i have a Pop, a, a gigantic pile of United Miles from the GameSpot days that have never piles gone away. Piles of miles. Piles mm -hmm. of miles. Uh -huh. uh, because this trip out there cost at least, it was going to cost minimum three times what the the same flight I took two months out ago out there was. It's like, it's, it was, it's bananas. Let me throw another wrinkle in there. Okay. By all means. Like, I, I really try to be conscious of the confirmation bias of thinking that every freak weather occurrence is related to climate change. Because mm -hmm. I know freak weather happens anyway. But... The effect on air travel of increasingly erratic weather is going to be a real shit. Oh, yeah. In the coming decades. I mean, on top of everything else, but also, like, imagine if it just gets so unreliable, like, yeah, whether you're going to get to your destination on time or not. Like, ugh. we're getting real here, folks. Yeah, it was, it was uh, something. I'm glad you made it back. Thank um, you. you know, it, listen, it, flying it, is still a... <laughs> Still, either a miracle of human ingenuity or the, our biggest mistake. But uh, I'm glad you are <laughs> glad you made it back. Oh, I and, felt uh, so bad for the elderly couple that was at spending the night at the gate with me. Did they? Did they it's seem like, man, to? I'm in my four, this is hard enough in my forties. Like I don't even know how you folks are dealing with it. <sighs> uh, anyway, got here eventually. Have not slept much. Well, uh, I've got great news for you. It's a packed show. Yeah, so, it's yeah. Good. Pl <laughs> plenty to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, a bunch of stuff, including Neon White, Mario Strikers Battle League, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, and then uh, we've touched the quarry. We're going to rehash a little of uh, uh, Cuphead, the delicious last course, a little bit later, and talk a little bit about that Steam Fest uh, that is going on with those demos. But first, let's jump right into Neon White. That game seems rad. That game seems rad. Neon White is uh, uh, coming out officially 
I want to say tomorrow. Uh, well, the day this is going up for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. the, day, the day this podcast goes out publicly is it's the Thursday the sixteenth. Yeah. So uh, I played on the Switch. I have played a decent amount at this point. So uh, let's say you start at Neon Rank. 100 mm-hmm. i am now in my mid 50s on my neon rank yeah uh, that, that game for people who don't know is from ben esposito the guy who made donut county which is like an extremely different kind of game to this yeah this is about as uh, much of a veer in the other direction as any indie developer i think has taken because <laughs> that was just like a twee little story based like quirky puzzle it was a game that worshipped at the altar of katamari without just being katamari yes and this is like a really tight skill-based level-based like you're straight up setting times on leaderboards and comparing them to your friends and i'm glad Vinny played it before i did because like at the end of every level i did i saw his time (laughs) and that caused me to replay about half of the levels i played the first time because i was intent on getting a better score it's all of that and it's also a game that really likes the anime you liked in the late 90s yeah it sure is it is super anime so it's like a collision between a lot of things and um it's got it's got this like visual novel style vibe in a lot of the uh cutscenes which I I like but it's um you know Alex was at my house and we were playing mm-hmm. a bunch of my kids were there and we're like let's take a look it's Ben Esposito's Donut County. Let's take a look. And there was a point where Alex was frantically just skipping through the saucier, like... Not, oh, I, not, it wasn't... Uh, I mean, it's a lot of innuendo. There's nothing really that specific. But there is yeah. a girl who is very much just, like, making sex references at yeah. you, but in, it is, you know... Yes. It's horny. It's like, it's like there's, a, there's, there's more than one, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most and of it, them are doing it in some... Most of the people in that game do it in some capacity. And it's, like, nothing bad or anything, but it's no. definitely, like... It is, like, uh, horny and, like, uh, you know, like... It coy. is ribald. Yes. So... Uh, you play as a bunch of, uh, let's just say, ex bad people who are now in uh, heaven. As yes. far, you know, and they, and in heaven, there are uh, places where demons need to be uh, expelled. Uh, the angels kind of run this game to see if you can survive the demon gauntlet. And if you win the demon gauntlet, if you win this game once a year, this tournament of, of <laughs> champions. You get the opportunity to stay in heaven for it's, yeah. It's you know. it's literally it's literally like Squid Game in heaven. It's literally like yeah. all these people are going to hell except one of you who wins this competition gets to stay. Yes. So it's, it's stuff unfolds as the story goes, and I, I won't get into it. There's like a decent chunk of story here. It, yeah, there's uh, a lot of dialogue. But the gameplay. So the gameplay in Neon mm-hmm. White. You play as somebody called Neon White. The other people are Neons. There's Neon Violet. There's Neon Yellow. There's Neon Green. So you, uh, Neon Red. You play as the other. Uh, you play as Neon White. And when you run a level, it's basically an action puzzle game. You are you you run. It's very fast. The, the game has to run fast. So on the Switch, it's not necessarily it's stylized, but I think. The graphics are not super great. It, it almost looks like a like a like. Oh, when are you guys gonna put the? Uh, uh, these are temp assets, right? When are you gonna put some of the actual things in? It's got that look. You could say it's stylized. I don't mind it because the game runs very well. And I, I, if that's a sacrifice you need to make, that game needs to not hitch. So, did you, um, did, did you play it docked at all? I mean, I'm sorry. I, no, did you play it handheld at all? I no, played it. Not I only played it docked. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was. I had planned to play it on my flight until everything went nuts, but. It's Doc, um, docked, yeah. Like it's it's pretty noticeably low res on the Switch dock. Yeah, like it's, you can see it. It's it's pretty <laughs> chunky, rough, rough looking. Yeah. But yes, at least they do keep the frame rate up. Which a game like this, that's the most needs. important part. So you um, 
what you wind up doing is getting these cards as you as you speed your way along and and by speed i mean like levels are like 45 seconds long so like you know maybe a minute uh, on the outside sometimes you pick up a card and a card will have a weapon on it like a, it'll be a handgun a machine gun a shotgun uh or a rifle and by pulling the right trigger on let's say the switch controller you'll fire that weapon's shot like uh you know if it's a rifle it'll fire a rifle shot if it's a handgun you kind of get a, a semi automatic handgun but really the card has a um an uh i would almost say it's primary mechanic which is oh the handgun lets you double jump it gives you an extra jump the rifle lets you speed uh dash forward or or in a direction that you're facing just kind of along a horizontal plane the um what else we got you got uh, uh stuff later on like the shotgun that turns you into a fireball you have uh, a stomp, which slams you into the ground. And you use all of these to traverse the level. You can only hold two types of cards, but you can hold three of each type. Uh, and they replace the cards in a way that when you string them together, you are rapidly using these cards to do traversal with throughout the level uh, and make it to the end goal which is only opened for you if you have killed all the demons in the level so you you have to do two things one you have to make your way to the end of the level the other one is you also have to kill all the demons in a level right uh, uh through various means some of the some of the means are just pull the trigger and, and shoot the demon the other ones are oh you're gonna be dashing through some of these or or using your aoe effects from the game and yeah it's done really well like it's, it's super tight it's like it's, you, you, get, you immediately get the sense there's like one optimal route through every level. There's like a perfect way to do everything. Although there's probably some like sequence breaking routes as well. Like I've definitely yeah. seen some spots of like, oh, if I could figure out how to jump a little higher, I bet you could shave 10 seconds off your time going that way. But I can't. It, it absolutely feels like a game that is built for speedrunners to break. Yeah, for sure. The, the one the one important thing to note about those secondary abilities on the cards is that they are discard abilities. Yes. So they only so they when you use one that discards that card. So like you've got a machine gun and it's like. Or like the pistol is a good example because the pistol gives you a second jump, a double jump. And it's like, oh, well, I can, I'm can. i not going to have this gun to shoot anymore if I pop this double jump right now. I need to strategically decide. Right. You know, and you might shoot a gun down before you discard it. You might empty the clip or, you know, get close to it before you pop that secondary so you get the most out of it. But it's, it's like a really fast-paced, like, decision-making thing of, like, I've got to switch cards. I've got to change, like, which card is active in my hand. I've got to figure out if I'm going to shoot it or discard it to use that ability. Like you're trying to pick stuff up on the fly, like it's super tight and fast paced and really interesting. Yeah, and, and the it's it's set up in a way where, for the majority of my time with it, which has been about fifty plus levels, or let's say let's say fifty ish levels, uh, they're throwing the card, the next card you need, right in your way. Like you are you are quickly getting that card. It's dropping whatever card you had so that you can quickly make that decision. Uh, and it's a lot of. So for mo for the most part, it's less about figuring out which card you need to use next and working on your timing and and kind of aiming yourself in the right way, right? To to kind of um, land in the right spot. The when you beat a level, you get uh, rated. So you get uh, there's bronze, silver, and gold, and then there's an ace level. In order to get basically credit, quote unquote, I'm making quotes here for the level, you need to get gold uh, to to make your rank better. If you don't get gold. You basically, they'll gate you. It's like gaining stars in a Mario game. You need you need to get enough gold to make it to the next set of challenges. So, uh, so what I've done is, I usually play a level. I usually get bronze or silver. If I did, you know, really well, I'll get a gold. Sometimes an ace, and then I'll play it again. I'll get the gold, 
and then I'll play it again. And there's a hidden gift on every level. And that's how you do some of the side story stuff that's in the game. And I'll find the gift. The gift is not timed. And I have found finding the gift to be some of the more interesting stuff in the game, because then you're using the cards in the level out of sequence to just try and navigate the levels in ways that <laughs> the, the level ends as soon as you get the gift. So you can burn all your cards and not have to worry about getting back to the, the end of the level. So right. it's really fun if, say, you're skipping and sequence breaking to hold on to as many double jump cards as you can because you know that gift is three double jump cards high in some spot. And so that's really fun in a level. Uh, it, it'll probably make more sense as people play it. but. Throughout the normal course of a level, you'd never hold on to a card if you didn't have to. You're trying to get the fastest time. You're just going. But when you're trying to get the gift, you're basically doing things a little slower and not just burning cards. You Sometimes you need to save them to go get a thing. And it's really, it's an interesting trade-off. And getting that gift is is fun and, and worth it. Then, in Neon White, some of the hardest stuff, the stuff that I spent the most time doing, when you do the side story stuff by giving somebody a gift, you can play their levels. Uh, they're called side quests, and they usually have restrictions per character. So I want to say Neon Yellows is you cannot use the discard ability on a card. Oh, wow. Level. Yeah. Okay. In yeah, Neon so Red, you can't shoot the gun. Uh, so Neon Red has one that it was doing last night is where I ended last night, and I picked it up this morning and was able to complete it. But there's an ability on, I want to say, a machine gun that basically launches a little bomb and it explodes and it can pop you up. It's like a rocket jump. So on Neon Red, you have to traverse a level that is all lava on the floor just by chaining oh, together wow. those things. Huh. And that was really tough. And this is where I think my biggest problem with it is on the Switch. The controls on the Switch, it just feels like you want to have a mouse and keyboard in your hand to whip that camera around as quickly as possible. So there are a lot of sensitivity things you could do on, on the controls, but a lot of times I was like, man, if I just had a mouse, this this sequence would be so much easier. A lot of that game comes down to you're in the air, you need to line up something right on and hit an, a, hit an ability. And if you're off by a little bit, you might have messed it up. I turned on all the aim assist on the Switch. And it really helped out, but still a lot of times I wish I had a mouse and keyboard in front of me. It's kind of exactly the experience I had with Boomerang X last year, which also came out on the Switch and the PC simultaneously. Mm. And I played like 20 minutes of the Switch version. I was like, going back to PC. Uh, this is coming out on Steam uh, yes. day and date. We just we just happened to have access to the Switch version. Yeah, um, what do you, you think of the controls when you were playing? I, it, it, I, I get what you're saying. Like something weirdly floaty about the movement, not the look, but the movement, the walking. Yeah. Like I was, there's like spots where I was having a hard time running in a straight line. There's a <laughs> momentum I mean? to it and there is a floatiness to it, it. it. It feels like it wants to veer left and right constantly as I'm running forward. It's got a weird slidey thing, which... Especially when you're on some of the... There are like... There's like moving uh, platforms. Yeah, like, water, like, the waterways. Yeah, like the waterways are, like, are very rivers, fast and narrow. Of. Yeah. Uh, and they're very narrow. So you, yeah. you, you need to like, again, there's abilities where you're like, I need to line up these three things in one shot. And it just felt like if, oh, if I had a mouse, this would not be a problem, but here I'm, I'm doing it over and over again. And also that ability I was just talking about where you launch the bomb and rocket jump, the way it works is it's not necessarily, it doesn't seem like it's physics based off of the explosion. It, it, it shoots you in the direction that you're looking. 
So if you're jumping towards a wall, you quickly want a 180 so that when it explodes, it shoots you off the wall. Because if you're still looking at the wall, it's going to pop you into the wall. So, you know, with a mouse look, you can kind of just whip that around. With a controller, again, there are a lot of sensitivity options. You can you can change it around. But then also you have to aim pretty well. So with the aim assist stuff they have in there, it's pretty good. They have just an auto lock on if you get close enough to an enemy, which I would say if anybody's having trouble and playing it on the Switch, just go through there, turn it on. It made the game so much more enjoyable. And I don't think it takes the challenge of what that game is away. It yeah. just makes it work better for that for those controls. Uh, there's also gyroscope aiming, which I did not turn on because I just I'm never a fan of that stuff. But um, it is in there. Like it's hard. Like, it's yeah, challenging. It, yeah, it's tough. I feel like I, I see more and more people like swearing by gyroscope aiming these days in different games. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's like pe- something I never saw coming, but I guess. People like it for Splatoon. I just never really got yeah. into it. Um, and and so it, it's challenging. I'm Listen, I'm not very great. I'm not a great gamesman. And I what? have so far been able to complete everything except getting the ace trophy on every level. I've gotten it on a couple. I stopped. I stop at gold, and then I, I move on with my life. Um, and there is one. You, there's no real upgrade mechanic, but there is one thing. You get these tickets every so often uh, after you complete a set of levels, and you can cash them in for nonsense in this fake heaven store. What is it, a heavenly there, delight or something like yes, that? Yes, but there is a katana in there if you get ten of them, and it looks like a katana card. So you have a default katana when you have no other cards. And I'm very curious to see what that is, if that changes the gameplay at all, or gives you some, maybe shoots out some kind of wave or something like that. Some kind of, some kind of super katana. I hope so. Because the, uh, the others, like I bought the ice cream, which was the first delight, and it was just like, what is the point yes. of this? It was just like kind of a lousy cutscene or like dialogue exchange. The point that's is ice cream is always delicious. That's uh, what it is. That's, you know. It's. It's most everything is that. <laughs> so uh, there's a I mean, lot of dialogue in that game. It's a lot of dialogue. It's all fully voiced. The voice acting is generally okay, but if you have been down like like a Persona road, it's, yeah, it's kind of in that vein. Yeah, like Steve Steve Bloom plays the main character. If that tells you anything, like it is some extreme like anime voiceover all stars. Yes, the whole thing, uh, the whole vibe of it is just everything about it feels extremely visual novel anime. There are some very funny references that uh, uh, th- it's not a laugh out loud game for the most part. I'm like smiling through some of it and just kind of like nodding along. But there are some parts where uh, um, I guess the angels or some of the higher tier angels appear as what you want them to appear as. And so for the neon white, it appears as this cat with sunglasses and a cigar that's like, yeah, what are we doing here? And then one of the other neons walks in and is <laughs> It's like, hey, what's John Cena doing yeah, here? It's the, <laughs> it's, the, it's the meathead, like, dude bro yeah. guy is the one who comes in. It's like, whoa, John Cena's given me missions. Yeah, that, and I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, that, uh, was, that was not bad. There's a couple of other things uh, that are, like, refer- referential to the real world, which I thought is is, is kind of good. Yeah, so, they, yeah. They, they, they really shove the, like, fast forward skip dialogue button in your face all the time. So I feel like even they know that, like, hey, some people might just want to play this as a pure like demanding action game and don't care about the story. So you can just button through it as fast as possible. Uh, the times, the times though, it is a game where you are competing for fractional seconds. Yeah. It is yeah. like, there are times where I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's point three off from getting the gold or, um, but I never, I never got frustrated enough where I was like, I don't want to play this anymore. I got frustrated where I was like, I need to put this down, but not in a, in a, I don't want to play this anymore. 
and there is enough story hook. I'm actually in some interesting story stuff right now that I would like to see where that goes uh, towards the end. I, things have gotten easier as, as I've gotten a sense for what the game wants in terms of controls uh, on the Switch. I just, I still just want to try this with a mouse. I might just buy it on Steam to, even though I would lose all my progress, to just confirm for myself if this some of those things would be easier with a mouse and keyboard uh because it seems like it would be there there will be some very cool videos out there on twitter within yes. like a week of this game coming out of people just destroying some of these levels and it's going to be cool to see there's also an interesting thing i'll just mention this because you mentioned uh um the kind of uh shortcutting and finding alternate paths as you complete a level i think once you get once you get bronze you can collect the gift in the level once you get silver it'll show you a ghost of uh your fastest yeah, time I think that's right and once then, you get gold it'll actually get, you can turn on hints for optimum paths or, or what they think are the fastest paths through a level and those are always really interesting to see because you're like oh dang that's uh that just bypasses all of this other stuff huh, uh, interesting. In, in, in weird ways I need, I need to check that out i haven't i haven't tried one of the hints yet i think getting an ace medal turns on the global leaderboard i think Okay, and for the believe, level. Yeah, I believe yeah. Is, is the reward for the last one. The ace ones are tough, man. Yeah. The ace, ace ones, I think I've only gotten two aces. Uh, the gold ones always seem within reach. The ace ones always feel like I tried my best, and I, all I got was gold. I'm the, the ace. Some of the ace ones, though, are like, I don't know, I kind of phoned that one in and <laughs> just dropped on an ace on that. So sometimes you just get lucky. It's it's fun. It's it's, it's a, real it's cool. cool. And it's, uh, it's 25 bucks, so... There are, if it continues to go down the path that is going down without some kind of weird narrative skip, there are a lot of levels, at least a hundred, I would say, I was, not including yeah, the bonus it's, levels. It's 10 days, like the game is divided up into 10 days. It's like, oh, you have 10 days to do this. And is it, yeah. is it 10 levels per day? Like the first two days seemed like they were 10 each. I don't know if, I'm not sure because I'm on day six. I already just finished day six and I'm in the fifties. So one thing was like three levels. And, but I'm not okay. sure if that counted as a day. Um, the old city. Yeah. It's oh, cool. Like, like side quest levels and stuff. The, the point is there's a lot in there. Like there's a lot. There's definitely a ton of gameplay. And though they're short levels, you, you're doing them <laughs> at the minimum. You're probably doing them twice. You know, like I'd, I'd be surprised if you just, I, I would say minimum twice because you, if, even if you aced it, you still want to get the gifts probably. So uh, it's, it's fun. Neon white. Uh, on PC and Nintendo Switch. Curious again if people are playing it on the PC or the Switch, uh, what the differences are. Also, I tried to watch some some preview stuff on Steam to see what it looks like on on the PC if they it's a higher resolution and still keeps the frame rate because it definitely is lower res on the Switch, even though they are going for a stylistic thing. It's just yeah, it's a little jaggy. I want to say it doesn't look bad, but it definitely has some aliasing going on. Like the draw distance could be better. Just yeah. stuff that's blinking and rotating in the distance just looks like a mess of pixels, and you can't tell exactly what it is. Time to put that switch out to pasture. I kept thinking as I was doing this, and I was like, I, should I stop playing and just play this on PC? And I, you know, a, you've a, come a, too far a, now. Uh, a poor craftsman blames his switch, and that's uh, so I decided to just keep going and and power through. That is Neon White out. If you're listening to this on the day of the public release of this podcast, out now. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, talk more uh, about stuff like Mario Strikers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in their first video game appearance. Mm -hmm. You won't want to miss it. See ya. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. 
Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions, and at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything, to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some, uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. And we're back and it's time to talk about Nintendo's own Mario Strikers Battle League. Yes. The Mario, the man, the house that the house of the mouse. Noted Mario noted sportsman. Mario Mario, Mario. out there. So mm-hmm. this is um I am not too familiar with the the Strikers brand. There was that GameCube one. Yes. I'm pretty sure that's the last one I played. There may have been another one somewhere in the middle of that, all that, but I think okay. that was the last one I played. Yeah, I've, I've never been super big on the Mario Sports games, but I always got the sense that Strikers was probably the most popular one. Like, early Mario Golf, like GameCube-era Mario Golf was sure. also very popular. Yeah, fair. Um, uh, but some of the other stuff, maybe not as much. But yeah, like, like Strikers is, is well-liked, I feel like. So Mario Strikers Battle League, first let me say it, it's 60 bucks. Uh, out now uh, on mm-hmm. the Switch. Uh, my my top level thing is I think it's a maybe a little thin right now for sixty bucks. That you um, it's got gear in it. Oh, so it's a soccer game. It's like an action soccer game. It's a yes. It's not simulation soccer. If you really don't know what Strikers is, it's uh four v four soccer with power ups Mario Kart style that you can launch shells and all sorts of banana peels on the field. Uh. The characters have super moves, and uh, they just grab the ball sometimes with their hands. It's Wario really doesn't give a fuck about the rules. It's loosely loosely based on soccer. Eventually, you're trying to get something into a net on the other end of the field, right? Uh, and it's pretty actiony. And I actually like the gameplay. So the gameplay, I think, is a lot of fun. There is enough depth in the technique, and that's not my problem. Like it's pretty easy to pick up and play. And then there's enough combo stuff passing combo shooting combos that i think that in the technique it's it's really fun where it kind of falls down a little for me is there's not a lot of variety in no no there's like i don't know there's like a little more than a dozen characters to choose from and you have these cups that you go through that are sort of like the you know kind of the 
basically the single player mm-hmm. aspect. And there is also like a league system online, which I have not really messed with at all yet. But there really isn't much to be developing. Like there's gear you can earn and you can build out those gear sets that you can use, uh, you know, from match to match. But like, it kind of just feels like you're going to play this multiplayer either locally or online, or you're just going to play the single player and then never pick it up again. Yeah, so there's no there's no like narrative story mode. You're, no, you're, you're not. Making and I don't your, need one, but yeah. also it does it does sort of feel like they're just like, hey, we know you're going to play this multiplayer, and that's kind of it. So you you when you do the cups, the cups are themed uh, with different aspects of the each character in the game has uh, different um, um, uh, points in power, speed, technique, and so the cups are usually themed in that way. Hey, it's this power cup, the muscle cup, the the technique mm-hmm. cup, and then as you play the game, you get coins, and you can spend coins on gear, like Alex said, and those pieces of gear will usually have a bonus to an attribute, but it'll also take away from an attribute. So it's usually plus two to speed, but negative two to power. So right. you, you can't boost everything by putting a gear set on. You're not just going to max out characters. You can min-max a character. Right. You can say like, hey, this this gear set's going to have all speed or all technique if that's what you want to do, but you're never going to be right. You're not, you're not dumping points in to make a super character. It's just, it's right. just not going to happen. You can average out characters. The weird thing with the gear that I have found is in a multi-person household for the Switch, when you're playing locally with other people, they don't get to choose their own gear. You 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 set the gear up beforehand, basically mm-hmm. for the profile. Yeah. And then anybody playing locally on your Switch can choose to turn the gear on or off. Or if you happen to have a profile on that Switch, you can bring in your profile's gear set. So that's... It's a little weird, and I don't know if that's important to know for people going in, but I think I assumed once you unlock the gear, you would just mix and match at the time of play what gear right. you want to use. And it's, it doesn't work that way, which is a, is kind of an odd decision uh, uh, for local play. It really feels like this thing was set up as a multiplayer online experience. Yes. <laughs> and that's where it's aimed. And that's where I say for $60, I'm not sure, since I'm not going to do that, it doesn't feel appropriately priced for me. Yeah, especially with the number of characters in there and the number of arenas and all that stuff. Like, all of those things feel like just a few too few to really feel like it's fully fleshed out. The thing is, I will give the thing I will give this game is that it is a lot more fun than the last couple of Mario Sports games. It's, like, a fun, I think it's it, fun to play. It's much more enjoyable, I think, than tennis was and is definitely more <laughs> enjoyable than golf was. We're well, fairly low bar at this point. <laughs> I know, like, that's well, unfortunate. At least it is functional. It's unfortunate because I, I like versions of all those games but the recent switch releases have not been great this one is a much more fun game it is more active there's a lot more going on it just doesn't have a lot underneath the surface so so uh just just to kind of flesh out a little more of what's there aside from the gear you can pick uh jerseys for the team which are mostly just aesthetic they don't really do do much else so whatever team you pick, you just kind of change your jersey. And then, like Alex mentioned, there are a couple of stadiums, and each team gets a half a stadium, and they combine in this cool-looking way. One half comes out of the left, one half comes out of the right, and they warp in and they join. But also, those are, as far as I can tell, purely aesthetic choices. Yeah, I have not really seen any notable reason why one arena would matter over another. Yeah, it's not like there. if you choose the uh, a Mushroom Kingdom, mushrooms pop out of the ground or anything. There, there are no yeah. uh, environmental... There aren't, there aren't booze running around in the Haunted yeah. Mansion one. Like, right, at least that I could see. That, so, that affect gameplay anyway. Uh, so when you're playing Exhibition, 
with with people locally, it's really just that you're just playing a game and then you know playing more. Or you can play a cup with people on the same team if you want. Uh, also, you can go through a cup with local uh, people, or you can then you can take it online, uh, which I have not done yet in the Striker League. It's it's fun. The the action in the game is is kind of intense. I think the cups get pretty hard as you get past the first tier. Oh yeah, of them. that AI is a, that AI is like murder when you, <laughs> when you turn it all the way up. They they don't mess around anymore, and you really have to be on your game uh, during some of that stuff. And playing with multiple people locally is is fun and enjoyable. I think for me, playing with two people not as much fun. Playing with three people on the same team. That's where it becomes more fun as you kind of pass to other people. Otherwise, you just kind of want to pass in, like other games like this. You can want to pass into yourself a lot, and you're like, right. "Dude, just pass to me, please." Uh, but it's it's fun and fast, and the tackles feel good, and the the action on the pitch feels good. I I, I keep stopping myself from saying, "Ah, oh, just wait for it to be on sale," because it's a Nintendo game. It'll never fucking be on sale. But uh, if I some if you find the one three day window three years from now where they drop the price by ten dollars. That's probably the time to get it. I think this is probably more of a thirty nine ninety nine game. If I were yeah. the forty dollar game, if uh, if I were pricing it out from where I stand, but again, but we're I'm not, not Nintendo, unfortunately, and if I'm not going to play online. Really, if you're buying physical, if you keep your eyes out, you know, like Targets and places mm-hmm. like that will drop the price on physical Nintendo games like fairly often. Physical games. There's also a chance they'll add some fun stuff over the course of this game's lifetime, which flesh yeah. out. It would be nice if they did. Yes. Mario golf is getting free DLC. I'm not yeah. sure what the situation is with this one, but maybe they'll add some stuff. Yeah, maybe I, they'll, they'll I could something. see it. I could see either characters. I could definitely see arenas being added. Um, so we'll, we'll see the, ge- the gear sets are interesting, but I haven't, you know, I haven't found what I like yet <laughs> in terms of, oh, Mario needs a couple more points in technique to make him really good or, or something like that. Like, I, I usually just try and min-max out a character and be like, this character's super fast now, and this character has all the technique. So uh, I could be on me, but I've had fun playing with my kids uh, locally. And Alex, you and I played some. And yes. it was no, exciting I enjoyed, matches. I enjoyed getting my ass kicked by you. <laughs> Listen, you got it by the end. It's, it's a little complicated in the beginning, yeah. but you got it. takes it. a minute. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll just throw out real quick. Apparently, there's been some data mining of this game that shows that there are 20 character slots okay. Okay. built into the game, and there's only 10 in the shipping game, so okay. potentially a bunch more characters See, coming. I hope they don't charge for them. There okay. are some notable ones missing, so I feel like that makes uh, sense. Th- there are There is free DLC coming to this. Okay. okay. They haven't said what it is, but that it could be that. Yeah, I, I hope they just don't look at what they did that's awesome to hear because i hope they don't look at what they did say for mario kart and say hey here's this here's a pass that you can buy for 20 bucks they did it for smash brothers they you know kind of did it for cart so i hope they just drop it in there at this price right now some yeah some of that stuff. all right uh that is mario strikers 60 dollars available now battle league mario strikers battle league uh another game that is on the horizon coming out here might be out by the time you're listening to this teenage mutant ninja turtles shredder's revenge Hey guys, Shredder's back. Oh, oh wow. I missed a, him. Some, he's angry. Some might some might say he never left. I need some bread slice, so this is great. Uh TMNT Shredder's Revenge is a throwback brawler, uh, which is I would say kind of like the arcade games is, if they were made on a Super Nintendo. It is it is extremely like here is how like that arcade game it is. Like uh, the second level is called like downtown 3 p.m. Like that's, yes, literally, yes. I mean, that's literally how they named the stages in that first one. Like, okay, you tell me as a 
person with children. Mm-hmm. Like, are the trappings of this game how Ninja Turtles are for kids these days, or is this... Like, there's a current cartoon series, right? That, that's what I'm asking, yeah, like, cause, because this is, like, it's straight up got the... It's not the original theme song, but it's it's a, re, it's a re-recorded version of that original theme song, but it's, like, it's got I, the theme song, it's got, the, like, the levels are named that way, like, all the art is basically consistent with the, the 80s cartoon, like, is that where current Ninja Turtles is, or is this, or is this purely aimed at 40-year-olds? That could be both. Okay. <laughs> both of those things could be true. It's at least uh, partially aimed at 40-year-olds because oh, there's, there's a straight-up Ghostface Killa and Raekwon song yeah, on the soundtrack. It, so I mean, it a, it a thousand percent is made for people like us. I just I just wonder if kids are going to see this and it's going to be recognizably Ninja Turtles for them or if, like, Ninja Turtles these days are, like, the style is different. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to say the, the kind of 80s, 90s turtles, never cartoon turtles, never really went away. Even as other turtles kind of popped up, other other um, like edgier turtles yeah, kind of yeah, got well, created in the movies. Yeah, they start, they start doing those CG movies, and that's obviously got a pretty different style to it. Yeah, I want to say some of that stuff it, it, again. Just in the last ten years of shopping for backpacks and stuff, you see a lot of the 80s and 90s kind of turtles stuff still on backpacks, along with the other stuff. So I'm not sure it ever really went away. This, my kids when they played it. You know they recognize the turtles, but they're my they're not um, they're not shellheads. My kids, they're okay. not uh, they're not deep in the into turtles. It and hasn't, there were there were at least a couple of boss characters in this. I haven't finished the game, but I played I think near to the end. Uh, and there are at least a couple of boss characters that I just straight up don't know. Like hmm. Baxter Stockman's there. You know the weird like rock general guy mm-hmm. is there. Like Bebop all the cl- Rocksteady. Yeah, there. Bebop Rocksteady. They're all there, but there were like a couple of guys. There was like a dude who's like a tunneler. And then, oh, like, that, the, I think that's from the original. Is that from the original? And then there was like a lady who's like the game master lady, and I don't know who mm. the hell that is at all. Okay, that, that she runs an arcade. Uh, we uh we we played. So when you when you play, I've only played with uh, my two kids. When you play single player, mm-hmm. do you, are there AI oh, turtles? So I'm by myself. Thank you. I appreciate yes. that. Yes, I'm just assuming you're only yeah. playing video games alone. I am alone. <laughs> if one were to play single player, uh huh. Are there any AI turtles on the screen? No, or? there's not. It's no, just straight up no. like it is you by yourself. Okay. Yeah. It does have matchmaking. I mean, it's not out at the time of this. So, like, I hit find game this morning and nobody was playing, obviously. Mm. But it does seem like you'll be able to just match into a full party. With up which, to six people on a, on a Yes, yeah, it is a six-player game. Like, that seems like the way to play this. Even if you're not talking to the people playing, you still want that extra chaos. Because, like, it's fine, but by yourself, it's maybe a little lonely it's so, a little lonely it's a little samey i mean it's the way those arcade beat-em-ups tend to be yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, i mean this is not just doing the konami thing but it is close enough to that stuff that you definitely know what the rhythm of that is going to be like yeah i mean it's definitely got more depth than that game did like i think i said like two podcasts ago or something like i don't know how you make a beat-em-up super interesting in this day and age and like this thing has got like 23 pages of how to play oh my gosh yes. it totally like, does which is like too many like it's you know i mean I it's, ignored it's a lot straight of them. stuff well, it's pretty straightforward stuff. It's like three different kinds of throws. Like you hold the button to do a power swing. Like there's one kind of jump kick and then another kind of jump kick. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's nothing mind blowing, but like there is at least enough variety in the combat that it's not, it's not fighting game level, but you can do more than just mash the same button to do combos over and over. And the characters yes. do feel different from one another, I will say. And I've, yeah. I'm going to just come out right sent right now and say it. This might be controversial. I think April is OP. Huh. OP. I have not okay. tried. She, okay. I, I was playing with like Donatello and Michelangelo originally, and like I was doing just fine. You know, like I was, I was running into like you know occasionally dying on bosses and stuff. As soon as I picked April, uh, I have not ha- like I have not lost a stage since then. She is powerful. 
Yeah, it's it's not it's not super forgiving. I'm playing on like a middle difficulty and like I, I haven't had, haven't had a game over yet, but it's like you know you die like the, they kind of you know they'll knock you out of jump kicks mm-hmm. like they'll this they're they're pretty formidable. Uh, yeah, and there's a decent variety of enemies. I mean, it's a lot of different colored foot soldiers that all have like one different weapon. Yeah, it's split between them, and then also super robots. Bad. The, yeah. uh, uh, in the multiplayer, you can res somebody who's down. Yeah, you, yes. Mm. Yes, it is a down but not out game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was kind of shocked, though. I, I went straight to Donatello, the canonical best yes. character in that arcade game. So yes. did I. He does not did. end his combo by <laughs> jabbing into their chest with his bow and flinging them over his shoulder, which I was kind of shocked by. But but you can throw characters towards the screen. Yes. Yes. yes there is straight up is a, an achievement. For that is vital. Cult. There's an achievement called Mode 7 for throwing <laughs> That's the Turtles in Time thing, right? I think the throwing the character into the screen is from Turtles I think you could do that in the original arcade game, too. I, th- sure. I thought they would slide down in the arcade game. Yeah, they I'm, would. Uh, mm. I, could be, I could be mistaken. There's definitely... I, I de- I've played way more of that original than I have Turtles in Time, and I definitely remember like guys being flung at the screen. It, it, it's not to put too fine a point on it, because we've all said it already, but here's how much this is m- mimicking or, or calling back to those other games. My, I was playing, and my son was like, well, what happens if you fall in a manhole? And I was like, well, what should happen is the turtle should fall down. You should still see their eyes uh, for a second, and then the eyes should fall down afterward. And like, right. immediately fell down, and that's what happened. I was like, well, there you go. Uh, yeah. It's it's fun. It's As beat-em-ups go, it is fun. It is priced for 25 bucks, and I think that's an appropriate price for a game like this. Yeah, I played almost all of it in one night, I will say. like, I'm I'm now in the, the underworld where Krang lives, and I think I've only got a few stages left. So, And there is also an arcade mode that just takes out all the interstitial like map running around stuff. Like, There's an okay. in-between area that is mapped like New York, and you just kind of wander from place to place. There's like some challenges on there, but I think if you play the arcade mode, it's just all the stages back to back to back. Did you do any of the bonus stuff in the overworld map? I haven't. I haven't figured out what you get for doing that. Mm. I okay. like I've done a few like there's characters you find in the level that are like hidden in places. And they will usually give you like, hey, go find my videotapes. Hey, go find right. my diary pages, whatever. I've I've done several of those. I don't actually know what the reward is other than points. And I'm not sure what those points even do. It's an arcade game. You get the high score. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's, I don't think it's that. So yeah, like I, I yeah. So the characters upgrade per character. I think they do. Yes, con- like that that status screen that you can see is a little confusing because it just has like icons for each character's head at the top with a number underneath. Mm-hmm. Which I think each of those is that character's level. Um, but I don't know if those points feed into that because I couldn't find like an XP meter. I'm not, I'm not super clear how the progression works, but there is some, yeah, the progression, it usually is just an indicator on screen that's telling like, you got one more health point. You got one more, uh, special attack. Yeah. It's a, it's a fixed progression from levels one to 10 of, yeah, like level one is one more HP and then like more special. And then there's some other stuff. But, uh, and I think, I think that is per character as you play them. I think that's maybe my one criticism is that the UI doesn't always surface the thing you're looking for easily. It's it's kind of confusing. It's it, I've had a lot of fun with it. It's yeah. uh, again, I had a good yeah, time. it's good. It's good. It's for twenty five um, bucks. It's been I, uh, it's been a hit in the household here. I I, I kind of like well, the first time I fired it up. I like verbally was like whoa at the <laughs> amount of aliasing, like how kind of low res the sprites are. Like it's pretty severe. It's yeah. very on purpose. It's it's like it maybe is just a tad bit too far for me. Like I said this last time, there was a trailer on something we watched that it looks like a GBA game. Yeah. It totally looks, does. It totally it looks does. like a. It looks like a GBA game blown up to TV size as opposed to like a Super Nintendo game blown up like it, sure. it looks like a handheld resolution on a TV, which is kind of a matter of taste. 
I think yeah. it's it's also the sprite size. Like the sprites themselves feel a little more scrunched than like if you go back and look at that original arcade game. Like yeah. the foot soldiers are longer, the turtles are longer, everyone's longer. Yes, yes. There's some squishing, some squishiness, but it doesn't I, I look bad. It's just it's they're going for a slightly different visual I style. Ha- I had that same reaction, but then once I was in the action, I kind of became the new normal. I yeah, guess, it's, I got used it's to fine. It. It's fine once you get used to it. Uh, you know, nice animated intro with the the the, the song. I'm not sure I love the new arrangement of the song, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not here to split hairs on it. <laughs> I was finding myself getting angry at the delivery of some of the lyrics. Yeah. Like, that's not that's not how he said that in the original. Like, get, get the fuck out of here. Yes. And so, you know, uh, that. but it is, it is definitely mining some nostalgia. And not yeah. only that, it, it is a fun 2022 brawler. Yeah. Yeah. I'd it's, say it's some of the bad. some of the boss encounters are not great. Like some are better Ooh. than others, but like there's a few that I was able to just completely cheese my way through with like no okay. effort. Some uh, some are punished. Like I thought um uh Rocksteady was a little tough. A lot of invincibility parts on that were Rocksteady was a little tough. That Rat King boss fight is super annoying because it just okay. kind of goes on forever. Way, yeah. yeah. All right. I I the one thing I kind of wish it had, but maybe this is intentional is a vertical uh, dodge move of some kind mm. like it's got a lateral dodge which is pretty useful you can kind of dodge through attacks but like there's no there's no really fast up and down avoiding stuff yeah you basically kind just kind of have to jump kick your way around like, stuff right so like like getting off the plane of an attack that's coming in horizontally quickly is my one problem with it yes. but maybe that's maybe that's intentional um, i just do donatello's double jump and then swing his staff between his legs on the way down yeah, uh, that, that's sensible. a super jump. Is yes. I also I like the bo- the boss portraits that pop up and the little the pithy little thing it says about like like when you fight Bebop it shows his character portrait and it's like bad news boar. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's like you know what Bebop is a bad news boar. It sure yeah. is. Yeah, it's it, it's it, I think it's done well. Uh, so yeah, that's on uh, uh, pretty much everything. Twenty five bucks, you can get it. Again, as of the public release of this, I think it should can, be out. You can still buy that original arcade game on Xbox Live, right? Like they they definitely so. did an arcade version of yeah, it. Yeah, they they absolutely did. Yeah, yes. Did so they, I own it somewhere. Uh, I think I don't know if Turtles in Time. I think Turtles in Time also came out on. You're talking about on XBLA. Yeah, it must have at some point. I believe that they put out Turtles in Time okay. as well. But I oh, what is this? Cow- the Cowabunga collection might have both. Okay. Turtles in uh, Time might be one of the best arcade games. Really? I, I, I kind of missed it. Like, by the time it came out, I think mm-hmm. I was so deep into fighting games, I'd have to look up exactly. Like, dude, that first game, holy shit. Hey, like, I mean, you can count the first game. They're very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. I've just, seen some people out one, there talking some yang about how that game is actually not that great today, and that made me I mean, mad. Like, it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a beat-em-up from the 90s. It's, of course yeah, it's not yes. fucking, it doesn't hold up a thousand percent, but, like, that game is way better than most of the others from that era. I mean, the thing that thing did in, in its day is look like a fucking cartoon. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, you had, like, you have to appreciate in a historical context, like, nothing at, I mean... Go figure. Arcade games looked better than home games at that time, yeah, like of true. course. But but like nothing at home could look like a cartoon in the way that that thing had sprites and and a color palette big enough to make it look like it. Especially that intro, like it had. I think we <laughs> I think we've talked about it before. As people have been dissecting that arcade board mm. to work on the the Mister Core for this game or for that game for the arcade game, they found that there is a dedicated chip on the board that does nothing but play that theme song. That's in great. the attract mode. Uh, and, like it, it, it replicated the look and feel of the cartoon like more than any game I had ever seen tried totally. to do that before. And it the sprites were huge. Yeah, it was mind blowing. Uh, and it ran well. And I will I, listen. You guys might have a preference for this, but 
I think I like it better than the Simpsons arcade game, which is also very, very oh, yes. good. Yes, easily. I, I mean, think like I think it is good. a slightly better game. I do like that Simpsons arcade <laughs> game, but it is a little shallow comparatively. Well, it was uh, the first one. Like yeah. TMT, Simpsons came later. X-Men came later. Like it was the first of those Konami big, yeah. you know, cartoony beat-em-ups. Like it was just... Like my arcade had it front and center, like yes, right there yep. when you walked in. It was like the the showpiece game in that arcade for like a year. Like I actually was like digging through the backs of magazines trying to figure out how much it would cost to buy one of those cabinets. Not that I could, but like yeah. that's how much I lusted after that game. And yeah. it was like at the time it was like two thousand dollars for a cabinet in like nineteen ninety or whatever. It's a, it's a great. It's a. It was a great machine. Good yeah. earner. Uh, yes, something we'll have to sure. do. We'll have to do the uh, ranking of arcade machines, but that might yeah. be up there in a, in a top 10, let's just say at least. NBA Jam is probably going to be sure. the one to beat. I mean, it's no me. APB, but what is? <laughs> APB, maybe in like a top 20 for me. It's a, it's I'll a accept fun, that. I'll accept yeah, that. It's a fun cabinet. All right. Uh, quickly here. Uh, those I think those are the two big ones that have come out. Uh, sorry, the big three that have come out recently yes, since the last uh, time we talked. Yeah, but uh, we've got another one here. I want to mention quickly the Quarry, yes. uh, which uh, we started playing last week. We're going to play more of this week as of the time of this recording. It is uh, by the folks who made Until Dawn. If you remember that Super game, massive games, uh, and also the uh, the Dark Pictures anthology. So it is in that vein. And by saying that, hopefully, you kind of have an understanding of what it is. But it is. It is kind of cheesy, a summer movie, uh, uh, murder, teens in a camp kind of thing. It's a we haven't gotten to the murder yet. It's a quantic dream game that is knowingly stupid as opposed to self-importantly stupid. Yes. It, I mean, hmm. for me, these games these games are the collision of FMV and adventure games. So they're they're almost perfect. The, the, the character, um, what do they call it? The, uh, it's not capture the they have a name for it when they do the mocap for the faces well it's the, fate i mean it's, it's face facial, capture facial capture performance facial capture yeah. I think performance is, capture that's, that's, that's the word i, think I was the term these yeah days. The, the performance capture is usually really good there are spots where their, it's their engines great. aging a little yeah. bit but like the actual performance capture i feel like is pretty good brad's doing the teeth right now the, <laughs> the important the super massive teeth yes the, the you, miles the miles robbins teeth like what is up with that smile man you 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 will recognize these actors and actresses yes. that are in this game uh, and I think the voice uh, and the uh, the voice acting and the writing has been uh, what it's supposed to be for yes. this type of thing. It is I much can't... more in the Until Dawn vein in that it is very explicitly teen horror and it is yeah. extremely goofy teen horror. I can't, like, I can't get a read on if it's supposed to be like supernatural horror or just like bad people in the woods horror. Or maybe... not... So Until Dawn was supernatural horror in its, okay. in its once it eventually it... got there. This this very much starts off like it's some kind of ghost story, but then now it seems like it's more of like just a slasher flick. Like it could be both. That's the thing yeah, we don't know. Why not? Hey. We don't know. And we've already gotten to in our playthrough the part of like uh, the teens making bad choices to set up themselves for what the as any good bad horror movie should be. Mm -hmm. You see it coming, yes, five miles away, oh, and they're dude. like, you know, and they're like, I, let's I go I outside. Out. I think I said it out loud when we were streaming it, like. What is that? Um, what is the camera trick where like the subject in the foreground is like sort of coming toward the camera as the background is zooming away? It's like some kind of weird. Oh, that like rack focus style. Rack focus, yes. Zoom, some kind of weird zoom effect. Like I think I literally said like, oh god, it's zooming. Something's gonna happen. And like <laughs> yep. three seconds later, like the dude just like gets tackled from out of frame by some monster. Yeah. It's it's it's. I, I'm really enjoying it so far. I hope they deliver. They uh, Supermassive seems to know 
what to do with this kind of material. So yeah. I, I, even when I've doubted them, when they have been like, Oh, you're wandering into territory. I don't know if you're going to be able to pull this, pull the plane over the mountain on this one. They have usually done right by some of yeah. that stuff. I will so. say this one apparently does have some issues. If you bought the super edition of it, there's a thing called the death, uh, rewind feature that, uh, I guess basically once, like, if you unlock it in the regular game, you can use that to rewind any character death to, like, bring them back. You get that by default if you bought the Super Edition. Like, it's just unlocked from the get-go. And apparently there's a late-game bug where if you try to use that, like, past Chapter 8 or something, it resets the whole story. So, and they, so they, they know it. So, they're, yeah, they said they're going right. to patch it. But, like, there's also a few, like, audio sync issues in there. There are mm. some things in there that feel a little unfinished. but. Yes. Hopefully, by not using that feature, we will not run into that while playing it. I'm very much looking forward to playing through the rest of that and seeing yeah. where that goes and making terrible choices for um, the the characters that uh, we want to live. I mean, mm-hmm. the other thing with that game is like sometimes you think you're steering a character into their uh, horrible death and you steer the wrong character there and mm-hmm. then you feel very bad about it. Yeah, not every, then, ti- not every missed quick time event is going to result in that character dying. It yes. could be someone else. It could be the one you're like, no, they want this character to make it, but yeah. we'll, we'll see. I already have my, my pick. So again, you can watch us uh, Friday. We're going to be going back to the quarry. And if you want to see the first uh, one, that's already up in the, uh, on the YouTube channel now on the, on the archive. And With we're going the, uh, full licensed music, baby. Right. We are, we are scoff laws and we'll see how that goes. Fingers crossed. As long as they don't take it down, if they want to do a demonetization, that's fine. But as long yeah. as they don't, uh, I really just hate when they want to take it down and be like, you can't show this anymore. That, that to me is, is no good there. Um, all right. Now, uh, very quickly here, we're going to uh, just wrap up with some other stuff. Cuphead, the delicious last course. And again, everybody knows it, but I'll just reiterate here. That's DLC. Everybody. Hey, did you, did you know the delicious last course stands for DLC? What? Wait, true. what? I know that because I talked to the game's developers. Oh, Phoenix down. That's T DLC. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Brad, you uh, saw this played. Yeah, just a short demo of it um, in a virtual session of sorts. Uh, I guess they were letting people play it at that Summer Games Fest at Key 3. Mm-hmm. Um, it's out in like two weeks, and we talked about this on the Planorama, so there's not a lot more to say, but I'll repeat it here. Um, it looks cool. It's got, a, it's got a third playable character, Ms. Chalice, mm-hmm. who does not have a bow in her chalice. <laughs> but uh, anyway... Um, it takes place on a new island. There's new levels, like the boss fights. Like, they really spent a lot of time talking about how much more animation is in these new boss fights. Like, they were straight up just throwing out frame counts of, like, there are tens of thousands of frames in this one boss. Like, more in this one phase of this boss than in any single boss in the original game. Well, you know. Um, she seems cool. Like, she's got new moves. She's got a... You remember the, the parry mechanic in that game? Yes, definitely. Like, the, the pink, mm-hmm. like, kind of bouncing off of pink enemies and projectiles and stuff. She has a dash that can function as a parry. Okay. So you can like dash into those parryable objects. Do you, um, she had, oh, I, I forgot to make a note of it. She had another, she's got, she's got new moves. Like she's got different, a different move set than Cuphead and Mugman. Do you, do you know if any of the unlocked abilities you got in the original can come into this? Like how are they going to, or is it all just start from a clean slate? Are you talking like the slots? Yeah. Like the, what do they call them? Talismans or whatever? Like yeah. you equip into those slots. Like so the it, ho- it, homing gun and the. Like you, you straight up like warp from the original game map to this new island. Oh, so okay. I assume you just, as far as I know, you just load up your old save and like the boatman will be there. Okay. Now. 
So you, you just ca- carry over your character? Yeah, like you just go there and with all the stuff you had. And then she she also comes back into the base game, so you can play oh, the no kidding. base, base okay. game with her now. Huh. That's uh, cool. The way, the way you use her is strange because you actually have to pick Cuphead or Mugman. Maybe this is just like the way the game is architected and they didn't want to redo it. You still pick one of those two original characters and then you equip like a Ms. Chalice like talisman in that interface. Huh. Like, so I think it actually means you have one less ability when you oh. use her uh, because you have to spend one of those slots to use her coin. And then when you start a level, you just like spawn in as her basically. Interesting. So huh. I wonder if it's, she has some slightly better default weapon or something that is uh, like, I wish I could remember what that other, it might be a double jump. I forget. Like I said, she's got that dash. She does play differently. So that, okay. there might be, there might be a balance aspect there of yeah. they wanted to, they wanted to give you one less thing when you're using her. Interesting. And this, um, this is coming to everything end of the month. And I, yeah. I, I looked it up quickly. It said eight bucks, um, yeah, which seemed like a weird price, but at, at the end of that demo, I was surprised to hear that it was eight bucks. I thought it was going to be like 15 at least. Yeah. Cause I, it looks like a lot of new stuff. And then they were like, Oh, it's seven ninety nine. I was like, Oh, okay. I think I, they, somebody in the demo asked them how long to complete the new stuff. And they like super hedged on like, well, Hey, like, you know, there are speedrunners out there that will probably do it in X, you know, mm-hmm. but me, it took, it took me like five times, you know, like, yeah, but, yeah. but they kind of, they kind of said like maybe three to four hours of new content average, like okay. for, for a, that seems reasonable player of intermediate skill or in this like time that. of dark inflation, you know, like a, a cheap little bite-sized thing. That's a few hours. Sounds pretty all right to me. Yeah. Well, especially with, you know, having a new character that can play the entire base game again. Yeah. It's, it seems like totally fair for the price. I wonder how long it will uh, take me to get my cuphead legs back under me. Uh, for this i i never had them so i yeah. i love cuphead i think it's i love it fun. i'm t- fucking terrible at it i always have been <laughs> this this makes me want to go back and I, I gave up on that game after i got through the first area or something and then just kind of put it down this kind of mm. makes me want to go back to it it's fun that last boss is is tough uh all right i look forward to that that's coming out june 30th look for it on pretty much anything that cuphead is on which is pretty much everything yeah uh, all right. Now, also going on the Steam Fest games. Uh, quickly here, uh, there are because there are so many games. Y'all like downloading demos, folks? Have we it's, got a have we got a week span for you? So Steam Fest is basically it's been going on a, a couple of years now, but they Steam the platform will uh, encourage developers to release demos. They include them as part of the Steam Fest. Uh, demos vary greatly as all things do on a PC. Some are very short, some are a little longer in various stages. Alex, you've played a couple. I played um, more than a couple, actually. <laughs> I downloaded like a like I don't know, like a dozen and a half of them, and I've played well, about six or seven of them now. One or two you want to shout out here because we're gonna we're gonna yeah. actually do a um a stream with these. I think we're gonna bounce Mass Effect by a week to catch the Steam Fest, which ends Monday. Yes. So we want to make sure we catch it uh, catch before it's that. over. And we'll we'll push uh, Mass Effect uh, to, next to next week. week. So we're gonna go through some of these in detail. But anything you want to call out here before? Yeah, we move I mean on? there was a, there was, I I've liked most of what I played so far. But like a few of the ones I I think were most noteworthy. Uh, Agent sixty four, which is just straight up. Hey, remember Goldeneye? Shameless. I, well, I, I need shameless. to play that. I'm I'm calling that for the stream because I I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't means. even love I don't even love Goldeneye. But I that thing is so specific. I need to play that and see what it feels like. They're like, hey, that Goldeneye remake. Don't care if it comes out. We already made it for you. Here you go. I, I played it. I played through the demo. It's pretty short. It is shameless and it is amazing, but I couldn't get my controller to work. And oh, I, okay. I, but then I put the mouse aiming on and it felt all wrong. But even even with the mouse aiming, it was still just. Yeah. <laughs> That's the shortest I, one I played. It's only like 10 minutes, but it is uh, it is doing the thing. It blows my mind that nobody had done that before now. 
Yeah, I mean, it, I'm trying to think of anyone who really tried, and if they did, I never caught wind of it. It's also well, <laughs> Agent Sixty Four. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a hilarious pretty game. Good. It's pretty good. Uh, I played Metal Hellsinger, which is uh-huh. that rhythmic shooter that is, you know, hey, what if it was Doom Aesthetics, but also you shoot on a beat, and there's uh, music by. I don't. I don't know who the actual music, like the the instrument musicians are, but like they have some various vocalists from bands like Arch Enemy, Lamb of God, Surge from System of a Down is on one of the tracks, um, and it's one of those things where like the music builds up as you build your combo, and then like the vocals come in when you're at max combo, but like you're shooting on the beat, like there is a, a rhythmic thing, like it is kind of going in, arrows going in, and you're trying to you do the, the most, reticule, yeah, so you can shoot at any time. But you do the most damage when you're on the beat. And that thing is exactly what they tell you it is. It is not pretending to be anything that it is not. It is straight up, yo, it's that Doom aesthetic, but uh, now you've got guns, what are music? And okay. it's pretty good. I would say that like there are a couple of like, game... Like, I'll, I'll talk about it when we show it, but like there are a couple of gameplay things that maybe didn't feel 100% right. But when you shoot on the beat and it works, it feels pretty good. Okay. It's Metal Hellsinger. Yes. Okay. Uh, melatonin is also a rhythm rhythm game. It is a game about dreams. I assume melatonin dreams, which are, tend to be a little more, at least for me, a little more vivid. Um, and it is, you know, as it kind of reminds me of the like the style and ri- pace of like a rhythm heaven, but not as frantic. Uh, I like rhythm heaven. Yeah, you're just kind of like stuff happens on the screen. You're sort of pressing buttons to the beat of that to try and line it all up, getting high scores. That's what I'll have to show, I think, to really kind of explain well. Okay. Uh, Anger Foot is that Devolver game where you are just kicking doors down and shooting stuff. Okay. Uh, I would say that is like a cross between the movie Crank and a liquid television cartoon. Okay. okay. Uh, it's it's goofy, but it's pretty fun. And then there's Alaskan Truck Simulator, which oh. is uh, someone else making a truck sim, but set oh. in Alaska. I thought this was DLC for Truck Simulator. No, this oh. is a, a separate game made by a different studio that is also a little bit of a life sim. Like, it is okay. the truck, truck delivery simulating stuff, but also you have to get out of your truck and, like, put oil in it and do repairs and manually attach the trailer. And also okay. you have to eat food and keep the heat on because it's very cold in Alaska. Okay, I thought this was American Truck Simulator. No. Okay. This is a game that said, hey, Truck Simulator is too much about the truck. What if it was about the people, man? It is about the people, man. Yeah. So that that seems pretty slight, but like that is also the longest demo I played. So we'll show some of that stuff off tomorrow. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, join us for that. Uh, We'll be doing that. That's Thursday. Uh, around three o'clock ish Eastern, we got we're gonna change some schedule stuff, so we gotta go in there and, and and move it around. But keep an eye out for it, and then Friday again, the quarry. If you want to check that out, whew, video game. Real real, yes. real quick, yeah. do we know if Xbox has any unique demos as well? I haven't from seen their, anything from their Summer Games look. Fest game I fest. For, like this, this stuff is so hard to keep up with. God, there's too many fests. Curse you, Jeff Keeley. <laughs> like, what is and isn't part of some festival at this yes. point is really hard to keep track of. If you remember last year, I think Xbox was part of that same demo effort as Steam. Yeah, there was a okay. bunch of stuff that came to Xbox. And I don't know if there's any. I'll, I might take a look at Xbox and see if there's any unique stuff on there that's not also on Steam. Cool. Hard to say. All right. Speaking of Xboxes, we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to come back and talk about some showcase stuff, specifically 
the Xbox Bethesda showcases. Stick around. They showed quite a number of things. We'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. (laughs) ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just used ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet, let's say. What what are you doing on that vacation there? I I had to access my GitHub account, Uh and I was doing some coding, and then I I used my ExpressVPN, and then VPNed into my home computer! Likely story. Uh Uh-huh. And then uh, I watched, uh, you know, I watched uh, some videos, uh, you know, and it's fast enough. That's what they all say. It's got great speeds. It was connected very easily. I was even able to stream in HD problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know they didn't know a damn thing. It says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN. Expressvpn.com slash nextlander. Thanks, ExpressVPN. All right, we are back, and there are continued to be summer games festivals, summer game festivals, and showcases. There was the words, there was. The Capcom Showcase and the Xbox Bethesda Showcase. But I think, got a big list of games here. Mm-hmm. Out of everything, got to be that Starfield. Huh? That's Starfield. That's thing, right? I think, it's, I think it's the only thing that got like a true gameplay demo. That Starfield is... Uh, so first, let's, let's talk about Starfield. It was shown during the uh, Xbox Bethesda... Uh, showcase stuff they they actually showed a bunch of things uh a lot of it announced already starfield had been it been this year but is now pushed into q1 2023 first, first half, half of next okay. year so everybody was kind of curious to see what they would show and we've talked about starfield a lot here i was not there to watch it live i have since since watched the recording of the demo of uh, todd howard getting out there and uh talking about starfield on a pretty cool background i thought that like 3d background thing what do you guys think initial impressions of seeing star seeing what for all intents and purposes should be starfield i I, I hope this does not sound like a cop-out but it looks like if you told me that bethesda game studios was making one of their games but set in space it looks exactly like what i would expect them to make I mean, yeah, down, me too. down to every last detail, honestly. Yeah, from the shooting to the way the characters sort of, like, dead-eye stare at you, like, uh, <laughs> and, you know, kind of the, just the overall flavor of everything. I feel like it's maybe a little more gray than I was expecting, but beyond yeah, that... It's got, like, a, a, you know, a pretty realistic, like, a NASA core kind of aesthetic to it, you know, like, all definitely. the ships sort of look like a post-NASA, like, functional space equipment, not 
sleek and exciting sci-fi. They are not going for the No Man's Sky, like, 70s sci-fi book cover kind of thing that they were doing. This this is very much like Mankind limped to the stars. Though it did have a uh, uh, very No Man's Sky... You see some iron. Go mine yeah, this iron yeah, uh, for that, your resources. That really raised like every eyebrow on <laughs> when we were streaming with Waypoint. Like, okay. Subsequently, I've thought about it some, and I think they probably just did themselves a disservice by leading with that because that's literally the first thing you see is like literally <laughs> scanning stuff, like outlining some ore in a wall yeah. and shooting it with a mining laser to get it. I mean, very no man's sky. Extremely, but 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 at the same time, you know, like all of their games have crafting, all of their games have picking up resources, right? Like, yeah, Elder, I mean, Elder No Man's Scrolls, Sky did not invent mining no. in space, right? And like Elder Scrolls has you picking herbs and stuff like that, right? Like, it's just I think that is this game's form of collecting resources. It just happens to look a whole lot like another specific other games, and especially it's specifically a game that also is about you landing on a whole bunch of different planets yeah. and a whole bunch of different star yes. systems. Yes, I I think it looks I think it looks really cool with two exceptions. The two things that concern me are number one, the combat. Yeah, like that combat. Holy crap! Like those those enemies just don't react to bullets at all. Mm. Like they really. If you go back, I watched. I went and watched it again this morning. And like, if you just look at that combat footage, I mean, Mm -hmm. the enemies just run at you through the gunfire and then they die. That's kind of been a lot of my Bethesda engine stuff or it's fallout let's say an elder scrolls ish yeah. like elder scrolls swinging your sword and people just not moving until until you hit that last bit of health and then they flop like a rag doll mm-hmm. and, and right. fall over but. and I, I thought that you know the fallout games had the same issue but the fallout games also had vats and like so that's completely m- obviated the problems with the shooting in fallout because who actually did shooting and i mean i'm sure some people <laughs> did but the real-time shooting in fallout was not the way to play that game for me it's like that's a VATS game. Like it's, it's almost a turn-based game, right? But this appears to just be a shooter. Yes. And if the shooting is not good, then that's a problem. Yeah. So I mean, maybe that'll, maybe they'll that'll. You would think in their demo they would have shown the really fun guns, and they do show a couple of couple of weapons in it, like some kind of weird swarm gun or, or some kind of homing swarm gun, or is, is what it looked like. But yeah, what was your other thing, Brad? I, I agree. The shooting looked a little spongy to me. <laughs> it's going to be it sound like a pretty sweeping criticism, I guess. It's the shooting and the story. Oh, okay, the, yeah. that that the, story was some just some precursor artifacts. The, yes, the main yes, the main story being like another precursor alien race and more ancient artifacts and like yeah. what's the meaning of it all is like. Yes. I, but you know these games are so chock full of other stuff. Maybe that won't be a big deal. Like even if the main story is not great, there's still plenty of other stuff to do. So so not not to belabor that point but it was one of the things that also jumped out to me was not only is it precursor artifact stuff it is precursor artifact you touched it you got the vision uh, uh-huh. uh, uh thing what could it all mean what could it do it's just very mass effect that it, that yeah. is just like note for note yeah that's also very halo you know like yes like yes. it's very like most i would say most space games trade in some form of this yeah so um no man's guy for for that matter mm-hmm. like every major space game i can think of Right. Has got ancient aliens in it. Or you're on the trail of piecing this right. ancient alien tech together. So that seems to be the story setup is you going out, joining some explorers club or whatever. They, I forget what they were calling it. Con- Constellation <laughs> is the last band of explorers. Uh, and going out and trying to investigate through what it seems like. Again, I'm kind of extracting some of this from just what I saw through various factions who have possession of the artifacts or know where it is and fallouting your way and RPGing your way, let's say, not to, I don't want to pigeonhole it into fallout, but RPGing your way into 
possession of the artifacts or touching them. Yep. I was pretty down on the whole thing until yep. the, the ship. Yep. And then that was going to be the thing. That, that and, is exactly where that stream turned. Like, yes. all, like just about everyone in the room with the shipbuilding interface came up. It's just like, I'm in. I'm, I'm in. in. Give so me not this. only the ship building, but it seems like crewing the ship yeah. and yes. the inside of the ship. So they didn't explicitly say this. And I'm just fingers crossed. The interior rooms of your ship, hopefully mimicking the exterior stuff you put on. That right? was, I think that was, they may have said something along those lines, or at least that was the implication. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if I want to put a big berth on my ship for something, I want to walk around and have people in that part portion of the ship, which they showed dogfighting, you know, mm-hmm. who knows what that's going to be like control wise, but it seemed like it, video game dogfighting in space. Or, you know, let's say that's very different. It seemed like arcadey dogfighting. I don't right. know what the physics will be like. Uh, and But the shipbuilding, and as long as they don't, for me, lock everything behind grinding to build the ship out, I'll be pretty happy with making some cool ships. Like, please just lock the aesthetically good-looking stuff, but don't lock everything behind a million hours of grinding iron mm-hmm. to get, like, a slightly bigger ship because that's that's a little much sometimes yeah it's also uh it's also got the base building of fallout 4 except it seems like you can have like a bunch of them because they said hey you can build outposts yeah. on planets plural yeah. um but just like the ships they said you can hire npcs to run those things for you and that they generate resources so like i i always i didn't get super deep into fallout 4 but the base building felt pretty aimless to me or it felt like something you do for fun not for yeah. generating resources or feeding into any kind of gameplay loop. So it sounds like this is going to have much more of a purpose, which sounds cool. Yeah. I hope they can send you the resources. You don't have to visit them to get, to yes. get the resources. Yes. The, uh, they said, um, you know what? Like, a, a did they say a thousand planets over a, thousand, a certain number of systems? A, a thousand systems. I believe oh, a thousand or it was an, or was it a hundred systems? Maybe it was, it was, I think it, I was, a, I think a it might have been a hundred systems, a thousand planets. That might yeah. be right. Yeah. It's, and, they definitely said a little over a hundred systems. Yeah. Which like, this is interesting because if you imagine a spectrum of space games with Mass Effect on one end and No Man's Sky on the other, where like yeah. Mass Effect is like intensely story driven, it's a really good story, but like you're limited to the right. story characters they wrote, like a very small number. There's of, maybe a dozen planets that actually right. have like meaningful gameplay yes, on them. A very small number of locations that are pretty small, and then No Man's Sky, which is like functionally infinite, but it's all kind of the same and, yeah. and like somewhat. I mean, look, it's No Man's Sky is very cool, but it's all kind of devoid of meaning on some level. You know what I mean? Yes. Like this feels like it's kind of somewhere in the middle of it does have scale, but it does, but it also has story. So it's like, when you tell me I can build my own ship and fly to a thousand different planets. I'm like, Oh my God, that's all I ever wanted out of mass effect. And I get to build my own crew. Like, Holy crap. Yeah. But then are all those crew members that you recruit just going to like be popped out of a character template with like, I mm, bet they are super boring, nothing dialogue. Like, I don't know. Maybe. Like I bet there are specific characters yeah. you can get that are like sort of you know the companions. more like fleshed out companions, yeah, but I bet there's right. also a lot of like you can get a level two engineer to right, make right. sure your ship go five percent faster, that right. kind of stuff. Like they're they just they are generated out of the character template with very generic dialogue and stuff. Well, they might be archetypes, but probably, but mm-hmm. probably, and you know that's even that's okay for me. I, 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 mass. Mass Effect was not entirely handcrafted. There was a lot of cookie no. cutter modular stuff in there and that was reused and recycled. I think that's where it would fall apart for me if you start recognizing the quote unquote dungeon on a planet or like, or like, you know, Oh, over the course of this, it, there's 17 different buildings and that's it. You know, like that's the thing with no man's sky that eventually made me put it down the first time. Now, no man's sky is a completely different game. I know, but 
uh, you'd go to those bases and they would just be these modular cookie cutter things that all look the same. You know, hey, here's the antechamber and then it spokes off into this. I I don't know. The ship stuff just seemed me to pull me right back in. I'm excited to have a ship. I read because the first thing I looked up was, can, can you fly from orbit to the planet surface? And I, it seems like no, that is not a thing. Oh, you will, that's not. So I that's I noticed, what I saw. I noticed that they kind of went out of their way to avoid showing that transition from ground to space. Yeah, yeah they straight up said like there is no seamless transition. Like mm. once you land on a planet, it is a landing sequence. So so that's fine. Like. I, what I would love is if you get close to the atmosphere, if you can fly around space, my, the compromise I would love is if you can fly around space at kind of no man's sky warp speeds, like pretty fast. And then as you transition, give me the loading screen for the planet, but make it a loading movie of a transition into something. Just do like the, the whiteout, you know, like on the ship where it just goes in flames and then give it a second and then come back as you're in a landing sequence. That's a cool transition. I think what I wouldn't love is if you're in an overworld Mass Effect style menu choosing the planet you want to go to and then get a landing sequence. And then there are dogfighting sections. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that, that to me, it didn't seem like from what they showed in the gameplay, that's what they're doing. They showed a lot more seemingly flying around space wherever you want to go. Not wherever, but yeah, in control. So I hope that's not. It. I hope there aren't just dogfighting sections or space station sections. Yeah, it's, it's tough to say. I, I really wonder how the space travel stuff's going to work in general. Like yeah. space is big. It's I, hard. I know. Yeah. So games. not to space nerd it out here, but like I number one, I will applaud them for not giving in to the temptation that every other space game seems to fall into these days of setting every single space scene inside of a nebula just because <laughs> mm-hmm. you want a bunch of splashy color across the screen all the time. Yeah. Like. I want I want space to be big and scary and empty and huge. Like that's the other thing is that that's something like No Man's Sky does that like I actually talked to Sean Murray before the game came out about this and he was like, Yeah, we went for the we decided to go for the sci fi novel version of space, sci fi novel cover version of space, mm-hmm. not the realistic version, which is why all the planets look like they're practically touching each other. Right. But like I don't know, that's the thing about space that I find the most awe inspiring of everything is just the sheer size of everything. And so I hope that you actually get some sense of scale between different bodies and so forth yeah it's a tough problem to solve when you're trying to make a game fun right like it's yeah. uh like the the chances of an encounter in space with an enemy are probably pretty slim right. and that you're yes. on a resource or something yeah. but yeah we'll, we'll see how they handle it I, like this ship stuff the ship stuff really brought me back in up until that i, I was not loving everything i saw the combat seemed pretty you know uh uninspired uh the you know didn't seem like it was doing a lot that other games hadn't done before and when the ship customization came in it really made me not even care about building a base on a planet like i'm gonna i would build a base on my ship that's a moving base right there uh that could be a lot of fun i who doesn't like a their own ship and their own yeah everybody wants a space rv yes it's to run around it so i saw a little bit more um outside of or they they talked some about um this stuff in other places i still think it's for me it's still pretty up in the air on this one like i i think it's gonna be until i gotta see someone playing a stretch yeah. of it like to see what the flow is like yeah yeah and i th- I think they've got not for everyone but for a chunk of their audience they've got something to prove after fallout mm-hmm. 4 mm. because boy did that game not land for a chunk of people that it should have um there, there people, people, people got tired of it too like the, yeah. the formula well, a couple, couple things I will point out that I noticed in this, like the, the 
the third or the, yeah, the third person dialogue scenes and the voiced main character are gone from fallout four. So that was like yeah. something that they added that I didn't love in those games. And I know a lot of other people didn't either. You kind of had to see your character and you had a voice mm. in fallout four and that's gone. It's back to the just front on first person <laughs> character staring straight into your soul while they talk to you. Yeah. Um, and the faction stuff like, you know, for the first chunk of that demo, you're fighting. What is it? The crimson fleet, the pirates, but then later on, they show you like optionally being able to join the Crimson Fleet. Yeah, so, and a couple of other ones. That yeah, are there so, too. so it seems like there's maybe a lot of flexibility in like joining different factions and playing them off each other and getting different storylines and stuff. And they have a they have a character creation system and they have a perk system and uh, um, what do they call them in Fallout? What are the perks? Special. Called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. special. Yeah, system. it was it was kind of funny. Like Todd Howard straight up said, like it built on the best of what we've done in our previous games without actually just coming out and saying it's basically special. Yeah, except so, not. I, I I hope I hope this is a grand new beginning for their tech and their some of their gameplay. I, I know they're not going to separate completely from some of the stuff that I found a little tiresome or stuff that got in the way of the enjoyment of those games towards the end when I was really fatigued on that formula, but. They have, I am more interested in Starfield now than I was. And that's, that's a good thing for me. So yeah. Congratulations. Cl- glad I know what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been long enough. Like at least we have a good read on what that game is now. I'm curious how much more we get, like how many big blasts we get before release. Like I'd say probably two more big ones. Like they could, Starfield could hold its own thing and just be totally. a, a 30 minute Starfield event. Yeah. It's a big it's, enough game. I mean, the pandemic obviously has thrown everything into chaos. Like, this is not their fault necessarily, but it's it's really interesting if you go back and look at how Fallout 4 played out because they didn't even announce that game until six months before it shipped. Jeez, like, really? I don't remember yes. that. Wow. It was like it was like April, May-ish. I think it was leading up to E3, I believe, that year. Oh, wow. That they, that they even unveiled that a Fallout 4 existed, and then it came out in November. Jeez. And that was like, I was like, yeah, like, <laughs> shorter promotion cycles. Just, like, ship it soon after you tell me about it. Good. <laughs> So like seeing this one get protracted again because of delays and everything that's gone on is like, I don't know what they're going to do between now and potentially a year from now, but make all the ship stuff. Great. Make it all great. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of marketing, like just in oh, terms of like what yeah. they continue to put out there about I, this game. I bet now that it's out, we got like diaries and stuff like Starfield, uh, yeah, dev, see, dev diary yeah. stuff. Like some, and, some, you know. some deep dive videos on the different aspects yes. of the gameplay and stuff would be nice. Like the ship constructor and yeah. all that stuff. Like maybe they'll put out some tools. Like if they want to go down the, the current thing, it, like, uh, saints row, they will put out the ship constructor so you can build your ship before the game launches, uh, and, and style it. Uh, but that okay. So that's the Bethesda. Some of the Bethesda stuff from the Xbox Bethesda showcase, and and really it was a really big one. I mean, they they saved it for the end there. But there were a couple of other things. One of the biggest. There's a long list of games I have in front of me. One of the biggest takeaways was a lot of 2023, but also Game Pass in 2023 seems like it could be a pretty good investment. If, if you, if you could pick out a couple of things on this list, you should be able to hopefully get your money's worth. It was a lot of 2023, but the thing they, they emphasized at the top was like, these are all games that are coming out in the next 12 months, which led to some very, uh, frantic searching early on when they showed the silk song trailer, mm. which was the only one that did not appear on their graphic that they sent out afterward saying like, you know, this is targeted for this release window. 
but apparently it is in fact actually supposed to come out in the next 12 months so so, so that's I, the hollow knight sequel yes yeah. hollow, hollow knight silk song when that came on i was like they're gonna release it right now aren't they just do it do <laughs> that would have been incredible but i do don't it. think that's where they're at with that no, thing no clearly not i just yeah. i just i just i love a, su- a surprise release there's yeah. nothing i love more than an e3 at an e3 or a fake e3 than a surprise hey it's out now um so that does not have a that has a release date or it's got a it does not have a release date but they did confirm that it is in that 12 month release window right now okay and as far as we know when we were looking at this before the show when we hit everything it seems like everything will be playable on game pass at launch um we couldn't find something that had an exception here so if we're wrong about that i apologize but it seemed like but playing microsoft that's not our fault i scrubbed through a bunch of it before this and i could not find a game that did not say day one game pass yeah, so we're just going to kind of go through some of the things that stood out to us. We're not going to go through everything because there is a list of over, it seems like, 20 games here. I thought it was very funny to see Fight Flight Simulator um, and have that Halo dropship. Uh, what is it, the Pelican? The Pel- is it yes, the, the Pelican. actual Pelican? Uh, flyable in flight sim. I thought that's super cool. Into and space? I think that like, you can take a I'm ship just into low orbit now. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't make it clear. It kind of looked like low Earth orbit or something. I don't know. They well, didn't make it clear if you could just like point up and fly and get there. I don't know. So you can you can you can uh, um, dev console your plane into above the Earth mm, atmosphere at this point. Okay. So I wonder okay. that is modeled there. Oh, that work is done. Uh, okay. So I, I was I thought that was very funny, and it's it was for two reasons. One, I love Flight Simulator. I think it's a fun game. Two. That's the Halo I think we got <laughs> in terms of a lot of it Halo was, events. which was super baffling to me. Yeah. Like, not, I, I understand maybe not lingering a long time on it, but like you have stuff that's supposed to be coming for that game. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, first of all, I don't keep up with Halo Infinite's multiplayer enough to know if people are actually justifiably mad or if they're just mad because every. No, I think they're justifiably mad. Okay, because every online game has its angry detractors, and it's hard to. If you're not deep into the community, sometimes it's hard to get a read on how valid that is. But, yeah, you know, like they still have campaign co-op and forge mode yet to release. And if neither of those are close and they've got this constant kind of public relations issue with the multiplayer side, like I'm not actually <laughs> me. I'm not super surprised that they just kind of slowly backed away from Halo. I guess. But, man, it's just like literally that's your one big exclusive that's out now. Like that's your game that you got. That but isn't ga- just a Game Pass thing. You don't, you don't like another Lego add- or not not Lego, but another Hot Wheels add-on for Forza Horizon. No, that's fine. Like that's that's okay. But I'm just saying, like you know, Forza Horizon is one of those things that just sort of feels more inevitable than anything else. Like Halo's a big deal. When you do a Halo, that's a big deal. Uh, how about this? Um, how about this? Uh, Riot Games stuff. Yeah, like that is actually. I know it's not like super interesting as far as new games getting announced goes, but that's like probably actually the biggest news in this entire thing. Mm. It is a big news for a subset of people that I'm the least connected to in gaming. Well, yeah, but it's actually, I mean, it's broader than just that because there's two aspects. There's like, there's like for people who care about Riot stuff, it's a big deal for Riot stuff because it's like, I, I didn't look at all the details, but it's like in League, you get all the champions for free now if you're on Game Pass. It's like there's some Valorant stuff, some Legends of Runeterra, you know, like every game they make, basically you get something. The other reason that it's big, though, is that this is the first time Game Pass has gone outside of an Xbox platform. So, you know, Riot Games are on PC on their launcher, right? Right. Mm. But being Game Pass, like, this is like what Twitch Prime does. You know, have you ever looked at your, like, Twitch Prime loot page? Never once. Once once in, like, once every two years or something. 
I weirdly, when I fell off of Destiny, I also fell off of that. <laughs> go, go figure. But like, it's just you know that thing is just a giant list of games, and it's like here's Apex Legends, here's Destiny, here's like um, World of Tanks, you know. And your Twitch account connects to all of those platforms and gets you free stuff on those platforms, right? Mm. And that's now what Game Pass is going to be doing with this. So like, you know, I guess I guess they've been dabbling with this stuff because they uh, Origin and EA Play kind of became part of Game Pass somehow. Right. So, like, they have been making some inroads with other services, but, like, you know, Riot is effing huge. Right. Everybody knows that. Yeah. But but for them to start actually, like, kind of extending the tendrils of Game Pass out to other other companies' business and, and platforms is, like, seems like kind of a huge deal for where Game Pass might be going. Do you guys ever cash in those, like, achievement awards things, the points? Oh, the, the um, Game Pass quests daily yeah. and weekly? Yeah. Dude. Maybe. <laughs> I never. Really, what do you get when you cash them in? Like skins? Uh, or? They are no, no, no. It's you're you're building up Microsoft reward points. It's the same. Thing. Oh, okay. It's the same thing you get for binging instead of googling. Like oh, if you, okay, okay. If you okay. sign into your Microsoft account in Edge and bing stuff, you get reward points, and okay, you also get those points for doing those quests. I mean, you can cash those points in for more Game Pass. Oh, okay. I but it takes a lot of points. It takes a lot of points. Like um, there are <laughs> there there have been people who botted that stuff. I think they've started cracking down on that stuff, but there have been people out there who straight up wrote bots that would maximize your daily Microsoft bonus points. I so should at least just, cash them in. So they could like basically get free Game Pass all the time. I don't think that's possible anymore. Uh, along the lines of announcement stuff that wasn't necessarily a particular game, the Kojima st- working with Xbox on a project was... Something? <laughs> it's a, new, a new project, they said. Yeah, so. We talked about that a lot on the Waypoint stream. I forget if it was, I think it might have been Rob Sackney that mentioned this or somebody mentioned that, you know, they had said prior in the thing, like every game from here on out is in the next 12 months or something. Mm. And then this happened and they didn't name the game or show it or anything, even though we're pretty sure footage of that game exists because the leaker who revealed this last week said he had it in his possession. So it was this weird thing of like, okay, did they not show the game because they don't want to pe- make people think it's coming out in the next year. I mean, I would like, assume that, that was the reason. Is that why they declined to actually like name oh, and show this game? Huh. Or was it because it leaked or who knows? Or it could have just been that like, you know, that with the footage being out there, like Kojima just said, yeah, you know what? We're not going to show that. that. That is, that is entirely possible as well. He, he also loves the, you know, he's a showman, right? Loves, loves he's a nobody, a tease. Nobody loves making a splash with a trailer. Like, I mean, <laughs> seriously he edited that metal gear solid 2 trailer himself like i i guarantee you he is just chasing that high mm-hmm. for the rest of his life because man he missed his calling as a guy who just makes amvs on youtube mm-hmm. uh so that was that was pretty interesting the other thing i thought i'm just looking at this list kind of surprise wise for me uh high on life i i had never heard of it that's the launch uh, games yeah it was a new announcement yeah, so that's the uh, is it Justin Roiland? Justin Roiland, yeah, is, from is, uh, is the non Dan Harmon half of uh, Rick and Morty. Rick uh, and Morty. Yeah, the, it seems like a game where the guns are alive, the weapons are alive. Let's say, and, and the being, Morty voice is ample. It's it is very Morty, uh, at least in one of the weapons with a bunch of other uh, voice actresses and actresses. Very squishy looking game. Very squishy, kind of. I had um the Maw. Remember the mall? I remember the mall. That kind of like color palette, cartoony look to it. This one I think is going to live and die by, is it funny? You know, like, did the jokes hit? And I I don't know. The The trailer jokes sure didn't. 
I thought it was, it was like all right, but like it just wasn't funny. Like it's it's just, like yeah. it was goofy, but it wasn't funny. I'm uh, I'm curious about it. I, the, I like, the art style, the art style to me, like looked very similar to Journey to the Savage Planet. Did you guys play that? Came out like three. I did play a little of that. Yes, I don't, I don't think I did. Two three years ago. Uh, I want to look it up. Uh, uh, is it very colorful? Yeah, very colorful, like like squishy looking aliens and stuff. <laughs> I it could be neat. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. TBD uh, on that one, if if because it could really go south very quickly. Yeah. Uh, Forza Motorsport, it's back. Yeah, yeah. And In motorsport form, right? And coming out soon. Yeah. What was soon. the date on that? Sometime in the. I, I don't think they said right. It's yeah, I don't think implied. they actually said the date on it's that. Just one. implied to be in the next year. But this is turn ten. This is you know right. OG Forza devs. Uh, they've I know they had some turnover at that studio. Obviously, this one's been long in development. And they're just calling it Forza Motorsport. It is not Forza Motorsport. Ah, Forza Motorsport 8. Oh, gosh. I actually just looked up how uh, when 7 came out. It's been longer than I thought. Yeah, it it's been a while. 17. I forgot that was kind of like the launch game for the Xbox One X. Yes. Or that was the game that they like promoted the One X with heavily. And the problem was the economy in that game was garbage. Yes. Uh, but that's cool like... decals, though. Yeah. I mean, for, for a studio that reliably pumped those games out every two years for like however long, like to go... Over five years by the time this game comes out is like kind of wild. So, I mean, to be fair, and I am not a Forza person, but you know, there has been Horizon in some of those uh, other years. You but know, those the, are very different. Like, very, it, very different, right? Like, I'm yes, not, the same attention to detail and fidelity in the cars, but the actual design is it could yes. not be more different. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm saying they're juggling a couple of things there. Well, uh, those are out of a different studio. Those yeah, are that's from, Playground. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I realized that. Yeah, that's Playground yeah. in in the UK. Oh, okay. Then I think they're Australian. Think about it. right. No, they're UK. Uh, they're they're from Northern England. Are they Playground? Yes, they are. They might have an Australian like studio arm, but like they are definitely oh, wow. from the UK. Oh, you're right. I, sorry, I think I think the word was they were opening an Australian studio for that Fable game. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So what is the uh, like? They didn't going back to the drawing board not, on this. They did not get into really what the thrust of that game is, other than hey, check out how pretty these cars look. And to be fair, they did look very nice, even in that yeah. uh, slightly scrunched trailer. But um, yeah, I mean, it was them talking about like you know they didn't take a couple of slight digs at Gran Turismo, talking about how they got ray tracing on the tracks, not just in replay, okay. uh, and you know a few other things. But like mostly, it was like hey, look how nice this is. Look how nice these cars look. Cars always look great. Yeah. Cars always look great. Are they going to get their own movie too? Or are they going to get to direct their movie? I don't know. Neil Blomkamp also. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, he's not he's got clearly not busy, so. Uh for for Motor Sports Spring 2023. That's not okay. that far away. Yeah. Uh anything else you guys want to call out on this big old list? I, I think Scorn it's notable. got a date. Which one? Scorn. Oh. What is that? When is that? It is October 23rd, I believe. Oh. Okay, that's soon. That's soon. That's as, the Geiger esque. Yeah, no, that's the wet dick gun game. Yeah, you got it. Uh, yeah, that's this. So yeah, this year score. Um, I mean, there's you know there's uh, was that new probably, Obsidian game? Yes, I was going to mention that one. Like yeah, Pentiment. That so that Pentiment. was rumored. Um, pretty much all the details about that had leaked. That's Josh Sawyer at Obsidian, like very well known for Fallout New Vegas and Pillars of Eternity too. Uh, he's apparently it's like a very small team. Um, and and it does rumors, seem like a smaller game than like some of their other stuff. Yeah. And the, the rumors prior to this reveal were that it was very Disco Elysium inspired, mm-hmm. which you can kind of see looking at it. It's kind of like a medieval, like murder mystery kind of thing. 
as told through like uh, illuminations on a page, like a uh, yes. the, the, the like medieval artwork yes. on uh, pages. Yeah, really, really striking style. But it sounds like it'll be very much an investigative kind of thing. Yeah, which looks super cool. Also, that's coming out in I think October as well. Uh, November, 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 right? November this year. Yeah, yeah. So games. Yeah, for they, real. Didn't sh- they didn't show the other big obsidian rpg they did show like grounded 1.0 stuff because that's yeah. coming soon but yeah, that's like, coming out of early access but yeah what was the other a, one avowed, avowed. yeah avowed. that wasn't they there. have they have avowed and outer worlds too right both in development but no sign of i mean there's a lot of stuff from first yeah. party that was not here you know no fable mm-hmm. uh no, no perfect hellblade dark too. no hellblade 2 no perfect dark no idea what the coalition is working on right now um, I, too too soon for Double Fine to announce something, but you know, like Definitely. they've got a lot of studios working on stuff that were just not represented here. So, anything else jump out? Um, I mean, quickly here, I'm not I'm not gonna go into it, but they did they did have uh, Overwatch two, uh, and they showed a new character there, and they also had Diablo four, yeah, uh, and showed the Necromancer for Diablo four. I that stuff jump out to you guys as a, I mean the Diablo stuff more than the Overwatch stuff that's for sure. Okay. I I was super ready to be just as jaded and dismissive as possible whenever I saw Diablo 4. Well, actually, let me back up. Mm. I was not ready for Diablo 4 at all at the Xbox conference. Yeah. Cuz that, that's going to take some getting used to. Oh, you mean um, Microsoft's Diablo 4? Yes, Microsoft's <laughs> Diablo 4. Yeah. Microsoft's Excel and Diablo 4. Um I was like weirdly positive. Like I was really impressed by that demo when I thought I wanted kind of nothing to do with another Diablo game, but it turns out open world Diablo sounds like it kind of has a lot of potential. Well, it also had more meat to it, like demo wise than I think a lot of other stuff they Mm. showed during that thing. Like there was, I wasn't expecting much of anything from that game if they were going to show it. And what they showed, I felt like was more substantial than what anyone would have expected. Yeah. I just like Diablo three just got really repetitive for me. I know people are super into the seasons and all that stuff, but I just, I kind of burned out on Diablo three. And then like I played immortal a couple weeks ago and I was like, Oh, this is more of that. Cool. Yeah. But the stuff about this that stood out to me are like mounts. (laughs) Mounts, mounts are always cool. Um, the territory control stuff, they had the whole thing of like, oh, there'll be like a place that's overtaken by demons. But if you go in and clear it out, you can turn it into an outpost and stuff Mm. like that, which sounded cool. And then, uh, the size of some of the encounters that they showed, like the, just the sheer fuck off huge size of some of those monsters and the potential for there to be maybe like big group fights around some of those. Like it honestly, like it feels like it's moving a little bit more in an MMO like direction, which seems like it is the direction Diablo should have gone in a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And that sounds really cool. Like the idea of one giant interconnected Diablo world with a bunch of people running around in it sounds like it could be kind of awesome. Oh, Activision. Yeah. Let's see, let's, we'll see where you wind up in a year. Overwatch 2, I will say, did not really do much of anything for me. Was it was it was it known that Overwatch 2 is just free to play? Did they actually say that explicitly? I thought they did. I might have I might have missed that detail, but like the thing they were focusing on was new character, which is the Junker Queen character. Uh but I mean, they were showing all this stuff that's in maps you already know, like it's a lot of the characters you already know. There's just again, nothing they have shown for that game yet continues to like justify for me this being a complete sequel as opposed to just a revamp of the mm. original. Especially if wow. they're going to make it free to play. Yes, I just pulled it up on on the Overwatch site, apparently that was part of this this showing okay. that that thing is that Overwatch Two is is I 
that that is very much a reaction to what they have produced for that game so far. Yeah. And, and the Microsoft thing, right? Like, yeah. That's, that's the other thing is that Microsoft is able to eat a lot of, you know, they're putting a lot of lost leaders out there just to get their stuff more entrenched. Well, like, first. you know, if Overwatch, oh, Overwatch does not make its money. For, well, no, that know, game is know, all skins. The, like the yeah, whole all, point of that game is to right. get the skins. Get, get as many people b- buying chests as you can. Yeah. Uh, you, don't, you don't need the $50 to $60. Maybe you have your $70 Elite Edition, but you don't need to double dip twice there. Just get people in and in the economy, and then yeah. they, you, you'll make your money. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, this one, uh, again, not uh, kind of announcement-wise, Persona coming to the Xbox. Persona 3, 4, and 5. Yeah. Those are also coming to other platforms, by the way. No, just the Xbox. Yeah, it's that just collection not, just that, that collection of those Personas is also coming to, I think, PC and some other places. So. Yeah, it'll be uh, on Game Pass, though. I mean, that's... That, yeah, this thing, it'll be on Game Pass, and it is the first time those games have appeared on an Xbox platform. That's Yeah. yeah that's kind and of... It's like nothing. a big deal. Yeah. And it's the, you know, it's the, the super versions. Yeah, it's three portable, it's four golden, and five royale. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, neat. Yeah. yeah. The, the, uh, they've got they've got a Team Ninja game, Wo Long Fallen Destiny or Fallen Dynasty, excuse me. Yeah, not uh, a lot which, there. It was just kind of a CG trailer, yeah, but like not, you know, it's you know, it, it, we all thought it was like who was it? A bunch of people thought it was Neo Three, but it right. wasn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could maybe draw some conclusions from the presence of the word Dynasty in the title. I don't know. It does feel like they're going to China. Like it really did. I I was just expecting it to be a new Dynasty Warriors until it wasn't. Yeah, but Dynasty Warriors um, got dark. And that's not exclusive, I don't think. Okay. I thought I saw that that was maybe... It's definitely at least coming to PC. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure about PlayStation, but it's maybe not as... It's not a full-on Xbox exclusive. But it is Team Ninja. Mm-hmm. And um, it will be, uh, I think, again, Game Pass in I, the, the first party. Whatever. Yeah, I, I think it's notable how much of Redfall they showed, although I'm not 100% sure how I feel about it. Yeah, tonally, it just didn't quite do yeah. it for me. Like, I, I liked everything about it except the banter, honestly. I thought that, like, it looks like basically Left for Dead with magic powers, kind of. Mm-hmm. And it seems like It seems like, but yeah, and like, I I like all the occult vampire type stuff. But the, the really, like, quippy, snappy, like, I don't know if it's quite Joss Whedon level, but it's like... It's, that it's kind angling of humor. for it. Yeah, like, I, that humor was not connecting for me. No, it wasn't doing it. Uh... That's a lot of stuff. So it is. It was a big conference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, quickly here, I'm just going to say some other stuff we're not going to talk about. Plague Tale Requiem was out there. Aura History Untold looked like seems, it could be interesting. Seems like kind of a new Civ competitor, although they mm-hmm. wouldn't come out and say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Flintlock, The Siege of Dawn, uh, Minecraft Legends, uh, Gunfire Reborn, which I wasn't really sure what that was all about. Uh, that, that came out on PC a couple of years ago. I think it was like a single developer, like okay a guy it was very popular in pc so uh there's a bunch of stuff there i I, skimming through it i didn't watch it live but skimming through it it seemed like it was packed and paced pretty well yeah there's a lot of stuff like and um, to know that if you're in that xbox ecosystem here's a bunch of stuff that is going to be coming to you if you're especially if you're in game pass and pay your money for game pass like it's a lot to look forward to i think yeah uh let's move quickly over here to a smaller scope on the Capcom showcase. Oh, you mean the Resident Evil show? <laughs> uh, Capcom had a uh, you know intentionally smaller sh- uh, showcase, about a half hour ish. 
where they showed a couple of things, but most notably some Resident Evil stuff, and not a lot, if any, real Street Fighter Six stuff. They mostly showed Street Fighter in its various other packages that will be coming in the Capcom collections. Resident Evil, the thing that jumped out at me, Resident Evil Village is getting its DLC, mm-hmm. and it's it's post game DLC, and it is uh, if you have not finished Re- Resident Evil Village, I apologize. But it is post game, and you play as uh, Rose. So um, that's what they showed. I yeah, thought that was straight up cool. showed something that full on gives away like the thing that happens at the end of that game. Yeah. So that's uh, the DLC is exciting though because I thought the DLC for um, Resident Evil Seven was very very good. So mm-hmm. or two of them were very good. One was okay. Uh, I, I, the thing that shocked me about this is not only are they adding a third person mode to Village, mm-hmm. the Rose DLC is third person only. You, you oh, I didn't think I picked up on that. Yeah, you I, can't play the Rose DLC in first person. Huh. Interesting. Um, I assume that's maybe tied. Well, no. I started to say I wonder if that's tied in with work that they're doing for the VR version, but that wouldn't really make any sense. I, it's a weird shift. Like it's a, mm-hmm. like I, I actually I wonder if it's more of a brand identity thing because like the RE two and three remakes and now this RE four remake, they're all that over the shoulder third person. Yeah, and I wonder if this is them basically like. Uh, yeah, maybe this is more RE four related right, than RE eight related. Right. It might just like, be that they like they're pulling back from the first person stuff. That, that's what I mean. It's like, yeah. oh, we did RE seven and eight, and like that was cool, but now we're gonna like make all these games kind of look like they're part of the same A little more franchise. Uh, yes, yeah, so, so that that was a fun announcement. The third person mode, which was just like, who does the third person mode? That's very funny. Usually, it's the first person mode coming in, and then uh, of the VR stuff as well for Resident Evil uh, eight Village. Mm-hmm. And then they showed uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake, and yeah. they're, they're uh, retelling, as they say, of Resident Evil 4. Not nearly as much as I thought they would for a game that's, well, it's still close to a year off, but like next March, right? I believe so, that's correct. And I think uh, Resident Evil 4 originally was a March game, so that would track. Um, I mean, it's not like exactly around the corner, but I mean, they got to be getting close enough that I thought they would show a little more than they did. Yeah, I, I mean, I think what they did show looks nice, like, mm-hmm. graphically, and, you know, the, as long as they don't mess it up too much, RE4 is a pretty great game. Yeah, I mean, so. it, it, it lines up with the rumors, it definitely looks more horror-tinged, like, it's a lot darker and spookier than, like, you know, like, big parts of 4 are, like, fairly brightly lit, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of much more of just a straight-up action game, and this seems like it's trying to be spookier i kind of hope they don't remove all of that because i think some of the daytime stuff is actually some of the most effective horror in that game hmm. I, yeah man that that i mean that opening scene in re4 is just yeah, iconic like it's the, incredible the, the the straight up just desperate chase for your life as the entire village is after you and then that bell ringing and everything like good it's a good game mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah. uh weird weird swerve during the capcom thing was the dragon's dogma uh, everybody was expecting oh, to hear a so big old bad. Dragon's Dogma uh, well, sequel announcement, and they were Austin talking Walker. about their I, t- 10th anniversary. I mean, that was, correct me if I'm wrong, that was basically an announcement of an announcement, right? Like, that was, I was in the middle of my airplane fiasco when that happened, but, like, there's a stream, right? I think it's tomorrow, or maybe today. Day, they said something was coming, but I don't think they were very clear about what that was going to be. There's like a there's a video there's like a 10th anniversary announcement video yeah. going up uh, on the 16th, which is tomorrow. So. Right. So like, who knows what that could be? Maybe nothing. Could it could be an announcement of a sequel there. I don't know. It's uh, it would have been it, really uh, weird to <laughs> not have that in your big, you know, f- like company 
conference. Or to push it, people in that direction yeah. more. Like, you're not going to want Fans of Dragon's Dogma are not going to want to miss this. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I found I found the tweet. They describe it as the 10 years of Dragon's Dogma digital event. Okay. Which yeah. is happening, actually, yes, this this afternoon as of the time of this podcast posting. That feels to me like an optimized version of Dragon's Dogma coming out to new consoles or something, not a sequel. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough to say. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. That was it was a weird one. Uh, it was weird. It was weird to watch. But yeah, I think uh, I think if we're nearing the end of the summer game fest, or let's just call it nearing the end of the what would be E three, um, you know, like we like Keeley said, the the expectations were not super high, but for me, I think they were met. I got to see a lot of cool games. I'm not disappointed. To the um. I just skimmed through it. Did, did the exoprimal footage do anything for you guys? Not that the other footage did not also do for me. So yeah, mm. I mean, it seems like uh, it seems like PVE with dinosaurs and an AI that has no reason to be putting dinosaurs down on this this place. But are, I'm are, I'm cool with that. Are you telling me you're not going to be excited when a dinosaur cull happens? I'm not uh, not going to be excited, <laughs> oh, dude. This is <laughs> looking at it right now. This is so ridiculous. It's very stupid. It's man is profoundly stupid yes I mean, uh, i'm not against it but it, I, I think i was always since i saw somebody dump the cup of dinosaurs onto the play area i was uh i was okay with i'm it. still mad that they made a game that's about a dino crisis and didn't call it dino crisis like what the fuck are you doing somebody will say hopefully somebody says we have a crisis of dinos uh eventually <laughs> what the fuck is this <laughs> like the subtitles in this are I call your attention to the unstoppable raptor horde. Yes. Is the line of dialogue this character just said. That is correct. The, the AI can only train for one thing. Oh, and it is, man. It is unstoppable dinosaurs. All right, I have, I have made up my mind. I must play this game. Uh, oh, I'll play it. Primal. Uh, anything else? Anybody wants to call out for the, uh, the Summer Games Fest stuff here? I mean, we're just... Now we're just in it. Mm-hmm. There are releases coming this year, but uh, 2023... It's an exciting year for video games. Seems like it seems like we're seemingly yes, seemingly going to be on the release side of some of this development, which is exciting. That's going to do it for this week's show. I want to thank everybody for supporting us, and thanks everybody for joining us for this uh, extended rundown of both the video games that are out and the video games that are coming. I think it's a, uh, despite what Pete Hines says. There's never been a better time mm-hmm. to play video Wait, games. What did what did Pete Hines say? Oh, he somebody pointed out that he said, "Oh, our studio for uh, Elder Scrolls Online, we're not allowed to say things like there's never been a better time to play." But it, <laughs> I think it was like marketing, like you're never you're not you're not allowed to use never been a better time to play Elder Scrolls. Yeah, because it's ours. Because it belongs to Vinny. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, uh, it's he's got to pay me royalties. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, I'm excited for all this stuff, and I'm actually excited to get back into Neon White. I, I want to see what goes on in that game. If you want to support us, you can go over to patreon.com slash nextlander. If you're curious what uh, is coming up for nextlander or some of the changes we've made in our Patreon, you can go over to patreon.com slash nextlander. There should be a post there still that goes over some of the tier changes and what's coming what's coming up. We've got our uh, TV and movie podcast coming next month, so keep an eye out for that. We've got uh, Never Been a Better Podcast. The next recording with Abby Russell and Jeff Bacalar is recorded and that'll be going up next month as well. Uh, we have a bunch of tiers there. You can pick one that's right for you. You can move in and out, slide around if you like. We don't mind. We just like the support. And then we want to thank everybody again for supporting us. There is one tier, though, that gets 
a call out on this here podcast, and it is the mysterious benefactor tier. Alex Navarro, do you mind reading our mysterious benefactors for this week? Oh, I guess I could. Mm-hmm. And I will. I'm going to read these uh, from the bottom up this time. I'm going to switch it up. Nice. Our mysterious benefactors for this week are Tyler Treese, David Campos, Matthew Herrig, Richard Welsh, a.k.a. Hired Noobs, Steve Lynn, Andrew Slosky, Edward Cheek, Matt Clement Jr., It Me JP, Alex Wu, Andrew Teepkin, Aaron Gonzalez Beer, Mark Allenbach, Randy Duax, Kevin Bellato, Trevor and Adrian R., Brian Murphy, Razgris 2, Stella Gets Her Groove Back, Bacon Monk, Andrew Jackson, Statics, Jad Rita, Thomas Lynn, Peter Reardon, Casey Shaughnessy, Octothorpe Bunny Crimes, John McGinnis, Robert Fisher, Conrad Kuzman, Gary Pesky, Jerry Lee, JM, Mark Wilhelm, Evan Cook, Nick Donegan, Sean Miller, John Hubbard, Skywarp, James Smith, Vinny's Giant Booga Boogas, Corey Porter, Vornak, John Richardson, and Alex's Little Heebie Jeebies. <laughs> All right. Again, those- <laughs> we're going to start charging by the syllable at a certain point, so get them in now while you can. Those are our mysterious benefactors for this week. If you missed it, I said earlier, we'll be back towards the end of the week with The Quarry on Friday and tomorrow as of the time of this recording, which would be Thursday for all you at home. We're going to be doing some uh, uh, Steam Fest demo games. Yes. Uh, So keep an eye out for that. We will be pushing Mass Effect out a week. We'll put the uh, updates in the calendar for all of that stuff. Look, we're never going to finish that game anyway, so let's, let's let's, let's, let's strike the iron while it's hot. It's going to happen. Thank you, Alex Navarro. Welcome back, Brad Shoemaker. And thank you for joining us on this here Next Lander podcast. See you, everybody, next week. Bye.